Season 7 and time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of wrestling with your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, where we take a look at the big three. That's Monday Night Raw, the NXT, and Friday Night Smackdown, and in that very particular order as well, listeners. Now, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to say, Shabba It's time to start the wrestling show. So if you will please, take it away, and let's go. Oh, hey there. It's that time again for the wrestling show. And to start things off, we're going to kick it off with some Monday Night Raw. In. 801, 802, 801, 2, 3. Lip really loves wrestling. Uh, that's me. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling like he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On a wrestling show, on a wrestling show, oh, 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 baby. Well, 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 welcome to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of, uh, Representing the WWE and live uh, from uh, the Norfolk Scope Arena in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. It's Monday Night Raw. Air date, September the 9th, 2023. This episode is the WWE uh, remembering September the 11th, 2001. With a big... That were... uh, uh, you know, uh, the event that changed American history happened. And with that said, um, they're going to be celebrating this during the show. Later on in the show, they will be celebrating that. But uh, with that said, we start the show. Now, before we start the show, just a quick shout out to the uh, non-competitors. The, uh, I guess you can say, the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, representing the authority figure, it's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, it's Jackie Redmond. And, of course, heading into the ring, we have the announcer letting everybody know who's about to fight and the results of such matches. It's Samantha Irving. And last, but certainly not least, it's the com- it's the commentating crew. That's right. The play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators, the whole darn show. They're the team of, well, my personal favorite. He is a, uh, a he's cost to be a future Hall of Famer. Um, the man with the raspy yet absolute soothing voice. He's, he's got such great insight into wrestling, letting everybody know. He's one, I think he's one of the best out there. Probably the best. Um, my personal man crush, it's Wade Barrett. And backing up Wade. He's uh, doing a, one of two shows. This is his first show. His, uh, and uh, he does also the other, Smackdown. He is the long-time veteran of over 25 years. It's Michael Cole. 
Now, without any further ado's, let's get started with the, the show. Mm -hmm. And it's a big show today. Because we start off with uh, some uh, Jey Uso. Jey Uso kicking off the show today. Well, you're starting off the show. You know? And well, last week it was, uh, what's it, Sami Zayn welcoming him in. Welcoming him in, in to Raw. This week he starts talking before he can really get started with, uh, you know, what's going on with Jey Uso. We hear the music. That's right. Kevin Owens comes to the ring there. And Kevin Owens, he's got some words. He's got some truth bombs he wants to drop on uh, Jey Uso. Jey Uso. Talk about, yeah, you know what? Uh, he knows the path Jey Uso is on right now. Because uh, Kevin Owens walked that path himself, you know. Doing bad things to good people. It catches up to you. You know, you lose a lot of trust and respect when you do such things like that. Mm -hmm. So he's got to do a lot of stuff to uh, earn Kevin Owens' respect and trust. You know, it comes down to that, uh, you know. Uh, but here's the thing. Now, you being here, Jey Uso being there, you know, there are some people who do appreciate Jey Uso being on Raw, like Sami Zayn. But there are more people want him out of Raw than want him in there. Like, uh, I don't know, Drew McIntyre being one. Because he burned a lot of bridges. Anyways, while they're talking, they get cut in. The music hits. Well, your mom told me the other day that you never home for pie. So I promised her in early May I'll make a pie. I'll make an apple pie. That's right. It's the Judgment Day. Head down to the ring. You know, all minus one person. Rhea Ripley, she's got a big match coming up later on. So she can't be there. She's got some preparation to do. Preparation H. Hard work. So we have ourselves uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Now, uh, oh, it's so good. Dominic Mysterio, he carries so much heat under his belt. Oh, so much heat. It's craziness. Um, every time he talks, he's drowned out by booze. It's magical. I mean, uh, he's got he's got more heat in, I think, perhaps all of wrestling right now. No one is more hated than Dominic Mysterio. Whew. Such power. Says power! It belongs to uh, the Judgment Day. You know, I'll make a pie. That's right. So, yeah, it comes down to this. Uh, now, they all boo in Judgment, uh, Dominic Mysterio. So good. But it comes down to this. Why is Judgment Day down there? Why, there's supposed to be a tag team match uh, now. And the tag team match is supposed to be uh, the Judgment Day versus uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And so, where is Sami Zayn is the question. Now, Sami Zayn is known for his, uh, you know, Popeye elbow. You know, Popeye elbow meaning uh, he's got this, uh, like a golf ball growing off his elbow. Like it looks like a little Popeye elbow, like a cartoon elbow. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so Sami Zayn, I don't know. He's not around. Uh, but it comes down to this. The Judgment Day, they're trying to uh, scout. They not just scout. They want to recruit Jey Uso, part of the Judgment Day. They want him to, they want to be an open door to, to Jey Uso to join the Judgment Day. Dominic Mysterio invited him in first thing, you know. 
uh, personally invited him. So now this is a group thing, and they talk about this. You know what, Dominic Mysterio? It took him a while before he joined Judgment Day. But when he did, oh my goodness, look at him now. One year later, and he's a, the, what's that? The North American champion. But that doesn't really matter, you know? I mean, Dominic Mysterio, before the Judgment Day, he was a uh, tag team champion with his pappy. Regardless if uh, his dad wouldn't let him truly fly on his own, because uh, if it comes down to individual titles, I'm pretty sure his dad was like, hey, son! Enough! You've had the tag team tapions! I'm the pop! It's about me! Not to you! Anyways, that's just an assumption on my part. So it comes down to this. Why are they down there? Why, where is, uh, why is not uh, uh, Sami Zayn there? Why he's not there? So it comes down to this. Kevin Owens is like, well, I don't care if he's not here. I'll take on all three of you myself. But uh, Jey Uso, he's like, you know what? I'll take your side there, Kevin Owens. What you want to do? And it's go time. And then Jey Uso starts it off with a big old kick to uh, Dominic Mysterio's face. Oh, is that bridge burned? I don't know. But this match is about to start. As a tag team match, it is uh, going to be uh, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso for the first time, I believe, ever. So that's interesting. We're going to be see some new tag partners, some uh, you know weird uh, friendship alliances along the way. So, versus the Judgment Day's Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Now, usually Finn Balor and uh, the Judgment Day in general and tag ropes are like uh, tag ropes are Kryptonite and uh, you know Superman and Kryptonite. You know tag ropes in the Judgment Day. So I'm basically around about way of saying Judgment Day never used tag ropes. So what about this match? Judgment Day shockingly <laughs> almost completely clean. This was super clean. Super clean tag ropes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. Even the other side, uh, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso. Mm -hmm. It was pretty good. Even though if they don't use the tag ropes, the referees just don't care. I really think they should make a moment uh, note that uh, referee actually, uh, when a when a wrestler uh, is not holding the ropes and going for a tag, referee should uh, verbally give him a, a warning saying that you use a tag rope. I think that should be something interesting. To me, at least. <laughs> uh, but I'm a complete nerd, though. I'm a nerd. <laughs> what about the match? What about the match? Now, Jey Uso. Now, coming into Raw, he's like, he's got to come out like a bat out of hell, showing the world that not only he's ready to wrestle, but uh, be the one of the great Lucha Libres, Luchador style, like he comes off with a bat out of hell with a massive uh, high cross body press off the top rope. That's not all. He does a massive tope suicida outside the ring there. Whew, just flies over top. Now, this is the, the hardest one, most dangerous um, and the uh, hardest one to do. It's the over the top rope tope suicida. Mm -hmm. And it is crazy scary to do that. Okay, anyways, that's why it's the most complicated, most difficult. Uh, highest level of difficulty, I'd say. Highest level of difficulty. Anyways, in the ring there, we got ourselves into a problem. A little bit of a problem. Kevin Owens, apparently, he's, he's having some issues with his knee. With his knee. Having some knee issues. And in a match there, it's uh, why Dominic Mysterio, he gets involved with uh, chopping the knee. Taking the knee with the chopper. With the chopper. Yes, open-handed karate chop to Kevin Owens' uh, weak knee. Thank goodness the referee didn't see any of that. That one chop. So this actually did come and play. Kevin Owens went and tried to do a his massive, uh, you know, cannonball. But he couldn't do it because, you know, his knee. His knee. It's true. 
but he didn't stop him. He did gain King uh, Priest into a massive uh, um, tornado DDT. Beautiful looking DDT, even with the hurt leg. But the match goes on now. Eventually, Finn Balor gets tagged in. And he gets knocked down by uh, Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens is going for a pin attempt. And Damon Priest comes in there and breaks up the pin. Breaks up the pin. Thank goodness. You know? And that's where things just fall apart for a tag match. Everything It's just uh, the big finish. Everything's happening. You know? um, now, what's it? Uh, Jey Uso then comes in the ring there to figure out what's going on. He tries to attack some Damien Priest, get uh, you know Damien Priest off Kevin Owens. However, that's when the mix-up comes in. That's when the mix-up for us. Um, Jay Uso goes to super kick uh, Damien Priest, but however, some accident happened, and uh, Damien Priest moves out of the way, and Kevin Owens gets super kicked right in the moosh, right in the moosh. Damien Priest then uh, clotheslines himself and uh, clotheslines uh, Jay Uso over the ring and taking himself and Jay Uso outside of the match. Done for Dunzos. Inside the ring there, it's of course, uh, it was uh, Finn Balor was the legal man. He goes off the top rope and won one hell. I think this could be the greatest coup de grace I've ever seen ever of Finn Balor. Uh, Kevin Owens was literally in the center of the ring. The dead, almost smack dad demer, smack dad center in that ring. Smack dab. Did they say dad? It doesn't matter. So Finn Balor, corner to the center of the ring practically. Almost to the center of the ring. But it was one hell of a coup de grace. One hell of a coup de gras, I tell you what. And it was it. The Judgment Day. You know. I made a pie. I'll make an apple pie. The Judgment Day. They win it. You know, even though there's no belts on the line. No belts on the line. So, yeah. I guess there were some words between uh, Owens and... Uh, Jay Uso, hey, it's an accident. Accident happened. It's, you know, it's a, what happens. Accidents do. Kevin Owens won't hear of it. He hobbles away to the back. And in the back, oh my God, Kevin Owens, he's very angry. You know, uh, Jay Uso's all apologetic. But uh, why Kevin Owens won't hear any of it. It's like, hey, why don't you just join the new bloodline? I hear the adjustment uh, days are, or doors open. Always open for you. For you. So there's Dick be building up something, you know. Will Jay join the, the Judgment Day for the more ostracized, more ostracized uh, Jay Uso feels, the more welcoming the Judgment Day's doors feel. So now our next up, it's uh, The Miz versus Akira Tozawa, baby. Yep. So last time it was uh, LA Knight sitting ringside. Watching the match on the commentating table there, commentating booth, joining commentating, and uh, Tozawa gets a quick uh, gets a sneaky victory over the uh, the Miz with a roll up. So this is part two. Will this beat Akira Tozawa, getting another cheeky win on uh, the Miz? Why? Uh, three minutes in this match will tell you different. It's basically uh, Akira Tozawa getting his ass kicked by the Miz, pretty much getting. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, knocked in with a big old kick to the chest. Knocked now, Kira Tozawa did start off with the house on fire, but one quick kick to the chest knocks all the uh, hope out of his uh, hopes and dreams out of this match for Kira Tozawa. It's true, it happened. I saw it. Now, Kira Tozawa, him and his poor ass cells. He can't sell a move worth 
crap. I mean, he just either a he doesn't like his face hitting that soft mat. But uh, the Miz has his skull crushing finale, or some people would call it the SCF, the SCF, the skull crushing finale. So uh, he cuts on uh, Tozawa. Tozawa, his, his elbows are up. He falls with his elbows out. Oh, don't hit my face. I don't hit my face. But here's the thing. After that one skull crushing finale, it's not over. The Miz decides to double it up. That's when Akira Tozawa decides to sell that one a little bit more. You know, managed to hit his face on the uh, canvas a little bit. And then after that, one more time. And Akira's like, no more. That second one was enough. The third one, I'm not even going to sell it. I don't know what he said there. But anyways, he takes a really poorly, poor bump on his face. On his uh, forearms. Blocking. Anyways. The Miz gets a very fast victory over Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa. Okay, so we got ourselves some Byron Saxon. And he's with some uh, a pre-match interview with uh, Raquel Rodriguez. That's right. And uh, the thing is about Don Rhea Ripley. And, uh, well, Raquel feels that uh, Rhea Ripley's big and strong, but I'm bigger and stronger. I'm bigger and stronger. And now I got an Australian accent. No, she doesn't say that. She doesn't have an Australian accent. Um, but now, uh, I guess Rhea Ripley has met her match in a Raquel Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. Now, uh, we got ourselves a little bit of the... Uh, um, Jackie Redman with, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler. And she wants to know her opinion on Zoe Stark. Their last match where Shayna Baszler put her in a Carafuna clutch. Um, Zoe Stark tried to fight out of it. They ended up turning into a rear naked choke. And uh, ended up uh, Zoe Stark getting uh, uh, passed out. Because uh, she couldn't continue. And she wasn't a tap out. She got passed out, baby. Referee stoppage. Anyways. So this got garnered a lot of respect towards, uh, you know, uh, uh, Zoe Stark for uh, Shayna Baszler. Now, while they're talking there, apparently, um, you know, uh, the great Chelsea Green, oh, charming as all hell. Uh, she gets no respect still by the backstage talent, but I, I give her a lot of respect. She's great. Um, great mic skills. She's got great comedic timing. She's amazing. Anyways, so she's there, and she's talking to, uh, you know, uh, she wants uh, uh, Shayna Baszler's attention. Uh, and she's looking for, basically, she's looking for a partner. You know, she's looking for the best, and she's basically uh, greenlighting her. Being, <laughs> it's hilarious. But now, I guess, uh, you know, um, Shayna Baszler didn't want any part of this. She didn't want, like, this cheap uh, way to the title, apparently. Shayna Baszler, nope. So this is a Shayna Baszler's chance. Just become a champion right there, then and there. Champion, right there. But Shayna Baszler... It's got the, uh, she's got the integrity to say, you know, you know, I'm going to, if I do this, I'm going to earn it myself. I'm assuming that's the way it is. She didn't, she didn't really say that, but she took offense to that. I'll show you, I'll show you something in the ring right now. So then I guess uh, that happens. And uh, Chelsea Green turns around to find herself face to face with Piper Niven. Mm, that's my belt. Thank you very much. The belt I never deserved. I never fought for. Yep. The undeserving Piper Niven grabs... The championship she never earned. Mm -hmm. Now they're championship champions once again. At least they don't have to strip Chelsea Green of her championship titles. So after that, we go to the ring with the ring general. 
your intercontinental champion, Gunter. That's right. It is uh, the, uh, what I can say, a celebration of greatness featuring your champion, Gunter. And backing him up is the very quiet Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser, who does all the introductions because he's very regal, regal. So basically, Gunther, he's uh, talked about the Intercontinental Champion because he is now officially the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in WWE history. History of the wrestling, the WWE. And he wants to talk about uh, the people before him did nothing to elevate this championship the way it is, the way he did, including the Miz, because Miz was oh, one who one person says uh, he's the one that brought the Intercontinental Championship back. You know, but apparently the real hero here is Gunther. But while he says that, we got ourselves a little bit uh, of a Chad Gable, a Chad Gabler. Comes to the ring now, he's still upset because Chad Gable lost twice to Gunther. Now Gunther here, Gunther he's pretty uh, he's pretty uh, fighting fighting champion. Now, apparently, he's been a champion for 458 days and counting. Mm -hmm. He's defended his title 13 times. So he got his championship uh, June the 10th of 2022. So apparently, 13 times in uh, 458 days. Doesn't sound like a lot. Because it's really not that many times. Um... So Chad Gable goes down there and he starts talking because, uh, and he says stuff like the, you know, it's hilarious. Uh, uh, Chad Gable, he, he wants, he says, uh, he feels he's a one, he's a one person that's came the closest to beating Gunther in a match for the title. Thing, well, you know what? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, what about people like I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's that, Seamus, um, you know, uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, there's some lot of people in there who's uh, who faced, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. So these people here also faced uh, Gunther and lost. So Chad Gable's putting himself above all these people. Yeah, that's a lot of nerve, a lot of nerve. And saying, you know what, this comes down to this. Um, he wants it, He wants another chance. At getting this, uh, you know, intercontinental championship title. And wants to do it for his daughter. Wants to put a smile on his daughter's face. And yeah, Gunther had to retort. And uh, he's asked, you want another opportunity? Gunther, he's got some great mic skills. His mic work is next level now. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how long he's been working on it. But Gunther's uh, mic skills are straight up great. Straight up great. So Gunther starts talking about, do you want another opportunity for what? For What? You were gonna drag your family in again to see me uh, see you give it again ass beating of a lifetime. You know, it's like shame on you, something like that. Uh, you use your children as bait, as bait. That's what he did. Use his children in this match, mm -hmm. and uh, he says you're uh, uh, you're you're a disgusting, terrible father. Dis you're a disgusting, terrible father. Wow. Harsh words to a daddy. Daddy Pooh, who's uh, using his children as bait to get uh, the championship goal in favor of the crowd. Mm -hmm. 
So Chad Gable can't take that hard truth, that hard-hitting truth of uh, hard-hitting home run truths of uh, Gunther and decides to, to fight. He starts attacking like three on one. Come on, what are you thinking? And of course, Chad Gable gets his ass kicked. He starts getting smoked by the, uh, the Imperium. Gunther with a massive, oh, oh chopper! Right to the chest of uh, Chad Gable. <laughs> Otis comes running in. But Chad Gable's out, so now it's three on one against Otis, and Otis gets his ass smoked. Oh, he hops up. Runs to the ring. He gets smoked too. But then we got ourselves another party that comes to the ring to help both of them out. His name is Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa runs to the ring there, not alone. He brings his chair. Mm -hmm. Brings his chair and starts uh, clearing the ring out for the uh, the Alpha Academy. Mm -hmm. Will we see this again? Will this be a concluding? Uh, will this be an ongoing thing? Well, perhaps. Then we go backstage. It is uh, a very interesting thing. Very interesting thing. Now it's, uh, I guess, uh, this has been going on for a couple of weeks now. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Drew McIntyre accidentally, in quotes, accidentally threw a chair at uh, Xavier Woods' head. And uh, what's that? Uh, Kofi Kingston uh, gave the Trouble in Paradise to, uh, you know, Matt Riddle a week later. Out of revenge, who knows? But uh, Drew McIntyre, he's not having any of it. None of it. Not anymore. And this is a face-to-face. -face. Xavier Woods and Drew McIntyre talk about the thing. And uh, uh, Xavier Woods, he's talking about, uh, you know, uh, we're both good. What you did to me, it's okay. We, we hashed that out. But why do you got to be like that? Why do you got to talk trash about Kofi Kingston? Damn you. And Drew's like, well, if he's a man enough to talk to me face to face, I'll tell him myself. And he turns his back on Xavier Woods and Xavier is not having any of that disrespect. None of it. So he brings up some uh, serious uh, baggage, some uh, hurtful feelings. Talks about, uh, are you, this is uh, only because you're, you've got to be jealous. Why you're treating Kofi like this is because you're jealous of Kofi. And why are you jealous? Why Kofi, when Kofi won his World Championship Gold. It was at WrestleMania. It was at WrestleMania with uh, 82,000 live screaming fans. While when you had your biggest moment of your life, when you won the, your, the World Championship, nobody was there. You won it in, in the uh, Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, in front of nobody. I wouldn't say nobody, but just no fans. But uh, I'm pretty sure... Um, a lot of uh, competitors were there watching that day. Mm -hmm. Maybe 12 or 13 people. Who doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah. So there were some hurtful things. Hurtful things. So now it comes down to one-on-one match. Do you want to go one-on-one? -on -one? I don't want to hurt you. And that's when the hurtful things were said. Well then, now it's time for you to get hurt. You know. Might bring Karen to sword to the ring there. To chop him in half. But he doesn't. I think Karen is a thing of the past. The sword is a... Uh, yeah, you never called it Karen anyways. Anyways, I'm saying anyways a lot because we move on, baby. And this backstage, it's uh, a little bit of Jackie Redman uh, with the scoop on, uh, you know, the Alpha Academy, Tommaso Ciampa. What's going on? What's going on? So it's uh, Tommaso Ciampa. He's uh, taking uh, Adam Pierce's uh, recommendation to uh, seize the moment. And what bigger moment then uh, there is then to steal uh, Gunther's moment. You know? Shame 
on uh, Tommaso Ciampa. So, yeah. It's the whole uh, Alpha Academy there, you know. Um, Chad Gabla, Otis, and uh, Maxine Dupree. Uh, Chad Gable still upset over the whole situation. Otis has a great idea. We'll make a, a six-man carnage match. Us versus Imperium. So that's going to happen. Six-man tag match. I'm thinking, wow. Whew, that's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So now moving on. We go to our next match. It is, uh, whew, this was a big one. Xavier Woods versus Drew McIntyre. This was about almost 10 minutes. Nine and a half minutes, roughly. You know, um, match of the night, maybe. Match of the night. This was fantastic. A uh, lot of, uh, very uh, competitive. Drew McIntyre, the much larger of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, now here's the thing, Xavier Woods, not one um, backwoods attempt, not one roll-up attempt, can you believe it? You know, not one of those matches, this is a real match, this is a, one of those real match to take seriously. And uh, with the thing said to Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre was steaming, so he was bringing the pain. Now he has his one clothesline, Drew McIntyre does close. now it did clothesline, you have a clothesline. But Drew McIntyre, when he threw his clothesline, he didn't throw his arm at him, he threw his shoulder at his face. Massive, and now Drew McIntyre, his shoulders are so meaty, he could have knocked some teeth out with that clothesline. This quote-unquote clothesline is huge. Now, they took the fight outside for a little bit. Drew McIntyre took, uh, you know, uh, Xavier Woods and threw him onto the, uh, right over top of the commentating table. Now, Xavier Woods, he tries to turn things around. Now, he has this, he has this got the leg drop. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh... It is, I, I cringe when I see it because it is, uh, it's a spine killer. He goes off the top rope, gang ricochet heights with a massive leg drop. Mm -hmm. It looks beautiful, but damn, that's got to do some serious damage. But anyways, massive leg drop off the top rope, huge and beautiful. Um, Drew McIntyre turns things around with the, just throwing Xavier Woods around because like he's a paperweight, nothing, nothing at all. But this was like, I say, a lot of back and forth and, uh, um, you know, Xavier Woods with a, not one pinning opportunity, but two massive pinning opportunities on Drew McIntyre. He was down for a two count both times. But the end sequence was, uh, they're scuffling around a bit. This is, a uh, um, Xavier Woods. He's, 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 uh, dominating a bit. You know, he's, it looks like he's, uh, has the upper hand here. Eventually they do the, uh, continental, they run the ropes you know, uh, they miss with clotheslines. It ends up with one hell. It's one uh, Claymore kick to the face out of nowhere. It's good to have a finishing move that you can just like throw on like that. So the Claymore kick, the slipping, uh, you know, the pump kick. And it's over for, you know, Xavier Woods. One, two, three. Great match. Great, great, good match. And then next... Oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe it. Wrestling has more That's than right. one. Oh my goodness. Royal family. Take a man. Taking his time. Giving high fives with kids. High five, kids. Getting out the back. I got a rumble in my bowels. And I think I'm gonna blow. There's a bathroom stall, I'm finally here. 
the toilet stare I'm about to blow I ate five tacos before the show Shut the door and I sit down on the throne Oh, whoa I was never party trained When I was younger My father was never there I did a poo today, don't have to do laundry I told my mother, and if he's here today, I would proudly say, I would have told my father, I'm a big boy now. Don't need no diapers now. Don't need to buy any more of the pain. I got my freedom. Cody Rhodes. That's right. He's down there, and he's talking. Uh, he's got some things. He's got some things he got to say. Um, you know? First of all, he wants to say, so, uh, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? So, everybody in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, I'm Cody Rhodes. That's my Cody Rhodes. If you close your eyes, you'd think he was actually here in the studio. Hi, I'm Cody Rhodes in studio. You never know. Anyways, um, so he talks about stuff, uh, you know. But it comes down to this. It is once again, oh my gosh, it's... Uh, you know, the Judgment Day come down to the ring, you know. Well, your mom told me the other day that you never... Okay, whatever. This song, you know. Um, so, the Judgment Day come down to the ring there. And it's only for one thing. Only for one thing. The Cody Rhodes, they look like the hero. They look like the hero. Now, uh, Cody Rhodes comes down there. He talks about uh, Jay Uso. You brought Jay Uso to Raw. Um, you know, but, uh, when Jey Uso joins the Judgment Day, that is going to make you look like a fool. And he takes his time, you know. Now, Dominic Mysterio is there with, uh, Jade McDonough, uh, flanking the side of the ring. Um, and, uh, Dominic Mysterio is flipping, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes' tie in his face. And then it's, a uh, fight time. Don't flip my, don't you flip my tie in my face. You know. So he does, and uh, they start fighting. It's a two-on-one, but however, this is about Cody Rhodes and him being a superhero, you know. Yes, Cody Rhodes beating them up. <laughs> oh, boo, Dominic, you suck, boo. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, yes, beat him up. <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. So right now, the, the, the beat down two-on-one, but Cody Rhodes, he turns things around too sweet. He dumps uh, DJ, uh, it's a JD outside the ring there. He hits Cody Rhodes, he, Cody Rhodes hits... Uh, Dirty Dom with a Cody Cutter. Then hits JD McDonough with the uh, Crossroads. And then hits uh, uh, Dominic Mysterio with the Crossroads. And walks out like a happy man. Yay! Yay! And uh, yeah. The, uh, Dom, the Adjustment Day looked bad. Looked bad, looking bad. JD. You know, JD McDonough, he belongs in Judgment Day after all, you know. JD, Judgment Day. JD. <laughs> right? I bet you never heard of Okay. So right after that, we go backstage. It's with a little bit of Jey Uso. You know uh, why uh, Jey Uso is there with a little bit of, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre, he just don't trust Jey Uso. And he starts bringing some shade about, uh, you know, you can't make it here on your own and whatnot. So uh, Jey's like, you want to go next week? So next week, it's going to be uh, Jey Uso versus Drew McIntyre. Another big match. 
You know, uh, Jey Uso, big match for Jey Uso fighting Drew McIntyre. Uh, will that be a clean ending? I don't think so. Something's going to happen. Judgment Day somehow is going to come in involved and uh, trying to convince Jay that, that it's a good thing to, to be in Judgment Day. We'll find out later. Like next, like next week. So now our next match. It is uh, a big match. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven following suit. On her side, uh, flanking her. It's uh, Chelsea Green versus Shayna Baszler. Now this match here, ugh, I don't know what's going on. I know Chelsea Green, she 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 can she can wrestle. She can wrestle. And she can also be Santino Morella. So there's two sides of uh, Chelsea. She can be the Santino, the comedic style, comedic wrestler. Or she can be a legit, legitimate badass in that ring there. So right now, this is uh, Santino Morella. This is Santina. Uh, Chelsea Santina Green. It's sad. Because this was uh, 1 minute and 45 seconds, this match. Mm -hmm. Piper, even with Piper Niven outside the ring, she did nothing. Um, in the first part of the match, it's, uh, you know, Chelsea Green getting her arm stomped on and trying to get torn off by, uh, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler. Like, like I say, this was just uh, under two minutes. So this all happened fast. And right after that, Chelsea goes outside the ring, gets some, uh, I guess, consolation, consolation from uh, Piper Niven. You know, then Shayna goes out there, get, uh, you know, what's that, Chelsea Green back. <clears throat> Piper Niven gets in the way. She goes right to face-to-face -face with, uh, with uh, Shayna Baszler, giving uh, Chelsea Green an opportunity to rest and get inside the ring. But nothing happened out there. Except for uh, um, Shayna Baszler pushing Piper Niven out of her way. Getting in the ring. When she got in the ring, Chelsea Green tried to do for a sneak, uh, sneaky sneak thing, a nice little roll-up. Tried to roll up uh, Shayna, Shayna Baszler. Shayna kicks out. Chelsea Green, after that, tries to get her unprettier, unpretty her on. You know, I mean, uh, you just can't throw on a finisher just like that. There's got to be some wear down first, but she didn't. She thought she could just go straight to the end. Didn't work. Shayna Baser broke out of it. And then with the move, I guess she's brought, brought given down to her. I don't know. It's called the uh, um, Extra Mindus. Extra, um, extra Minidus. Somebody, it's a weird name, Extra Minidus, probably. What it is, if you don't know the name, and if I'm saying it right, it's basically a Samoan drop. It's a Samoan drop, you know? And she wins by a Samoan drop. After the match, however, that's when things get spicy. Um, it becomes a two-on-one, do drop comes in, or should I say Piper Niven comes in, attacks uh, a little bit of the uh, Shayna Baszler. Mm -hmm. But Shayna's got backup. In the name of uh, um, uh, Zoe Stark comes in there, super kicks uh, Piper off of uh, Shayna, and now we got herself a team. I can see it good. Perhaps I can see the next tag team champions of the women's division. It's going to be uh, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Um, mm -hmm. uh, now, Shayna Baszler, I think her individual solo career can wait a little bit, but I don't know why. The women's division, tag division is rubbish right now. And uh, I could, maybe this is one way to add one team to the rubbish pile to hopefully they, to uh, resurrect the women's division that really, that uh, the women's division has gone down in flames. Terrible, terrible. Anyways, the women's division in general is not really that strong. Pretty weak division in the, in the uh, 
Raw and SmackDown. So right now we got a little bit of the uh, Shinsuke Nakamura vignette, a vignette, and basically it's all about Shinsuke. He wants uh, he wants to become the new champion, and he's going to do it over Seth Rollins' broken body, a broken body. And then after that, we go into the ring with a live in-ring promo. It's Seth Rollins hitting that ring there. And Seth Rollins, of course, he's got his his, his mic skills is next level. His This was a five-star promo. He starts talking about him being a, um, you know, a manipulator, a liar. Some things that uh, Shinsuke was saying that he is. But you know what? Seth Rollins is also a father, a fighter, and a champion. Now, Seth Rollins brings you on a journey of who Seth Rollins is, who Seth Rollins was, and who Seth Rollins is now, so to speak. You know, uh, finding himself in this, the, the you know, history of Rollins. You know, he went through a lot of changes. He had a lot of bad influences in his life. A lot of people telling him things, what he should be. And he followed a lot of people who he shouldn't have been. Now, he's come to a point where he's found who Seth Rollins is. And people saying his name. That's the drums. People sing the drum part. So, yeah. Anyways. It comes down to the The challenge. The challenge to Shinsuke Nakamura. He challenges Seth Rollins. Like he challenges straight up. Once again, second week in a row challenging Shinsuke Nakamura to a championship match. Live in Norfolk, Virginia. But we have a backstage thing where Shinsuke Nakamura is not just beating up, but uh, really beating up. Wait for the ricochet. Last week, Ricochet stood up for... Uh, Seth Rollins, this week he's getting uh, his arse kicked for such actions. Mm -hmm. So he beats up some uh, Ricochet, saying that uh, his excuse is this, I can't fight you today. Apparently, Seth Rollins has not been cleared to wrestle. So yeah, so Seth Rollins is uh, taking some time off, apparently, some wrestling thing. But Seth Rollins has been pretty busy, though. You know, I mean, uh, being champion since uh, June 30th. Since June 30th, he had seven. Seven uh, title matches, Seth Rollins. It's not terrible since June, you know, June the uh, 30th. So practically the beginning of July. So yeah, okay, so uh, Shinsuke is basically saying that uh, since you can't fight, I fight Ricochet. So he takes him out. So that's going to be a next week thing. Uh, Shinsuke versus Ricochet into a le uh, legitimate match next week. So that's going to stretch out uh, Seth Rollins. That's not a fight for another week. And then after that, we go backstage with a little, uh, you know, confrontation. Jey Uso and Finn Balor. Finn Balor's got no hard feelings what happened in their match tonight. Mm -hmm. No hard feelings at all. And he's, as a matter of fact, he's like, he welcomes, you know, uh, he welcomed them with open arms. But he says, uh, <laughs> but he talks about, uh, the, what he did to uh, what Jay Uso did to uh, was Kevin Nice to Kevin Owens with the super kick to Kevin Owens was very nice whether it was planned or not but uh, it seems that uh, you know uh, Finn Balor is like when the old trying to wink the Finn Balor you know you know you do one you can do he can, he doesn't blink but anyways uh, Finn Balor is uh, suggesting that that super kick to Kevin Owens was not by accident was by actually by purpose so anyways. The doors are always open for Jey Uso. Right now, it's a friendly doors open. 
one day they're going to have to try to drag Jey Uso kicking and screaming into the Judgment Day like they did Dominic Mysterio. Anyways, moving on. Our next match, it is a tag team match. Six-man tag. And I thought, oh, Raw and SmackDown, when it comes to tag team matches, tag ropes, be damned. It's, it's like a circus. It's like a, what's that? Uh, um, a wrestling stunt show. It's like a stunt show rather than a competitive wrestling match. Now, this one shocked me. Now, this is uh, the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, and Otis with special guest partner Tommaso Ciampa being escorted to the ring by uh, Maxine Dupree versus the Imperium, the entirety of Imperium. Mm -hmm. It's uh, leader Gunther, Intercontinental Champion, with uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser on one one team. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, uh, this match was almost close to perfect. You know, tag ropes were very integral. Although, you know, when it wasn't used, it wasn't used a couple of times. But the referee just doesn't care, really. But it was pretty damn clean. Pretty, pretty clean. Now, they had a moment here where it was a three-man uh, team-up. The Imperium, where uh, Ludwig Kaiser, he tags Giovanni, and Giovanni tags uh, Gunther. So they got the five-second, you know, in between tags, he got five-second count. So they take full advantage of that, do a triple uh, a kick to the head of, uh, you know, uh, what's the uh, Chad Gable, right to the corner there. Mm-hmm, that's true. Now, we have a couple things. Uh, Lipter Kaiser, he didn't uh, tag in properly. I don't believe he had a um, rope. Didn't really quite see it. And then, of course, uh, um, Otis, he tags himself in. Near the end part. No tag rope. Now, Otis starts, you know, he starts slamming around, I believe, Giovanni. Or uh, was it Ludwig Kaiser? And he goes, he, he slams him, goes for his caterpillar. He has enough time to do his caterpillar and his uh, elbow drop. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, Otis does what Otis does best. And that's the four point. Is when he runs himself into the steel post. Whammo! Does not let you down. Otis will run himself in the steel post. Because that's how he shows weakness. That's how he, he, he sells moves, by running himself in the posts and stairs and stuff like that anyways why he does that it's a uh, chad gable he tags himself in against uh gunter and chad gable does really well chad gable tries to get uh, gunter in a suplex here uh, you know the rolling uh suplex that uh, you know the slowest suplex in the world uh the uh german suplex doesn't get it tries to get the old uh ankle lock on gunter he gets out of that too and then he gets uh, a little bit uh, giovanna vinci gets the ring there and Giovanni, he's, he becomes uh, the victim of the, uh, what's that, uh, the chaos theory, the world's slowest, world's slowest uh, suplex, the uh, German suplex. It's like he's getting placed on the shoulders. But it's Gunther. He saves the day. And the fight goes on. Now, does big finish. After that, Gunther gets kneed in the face by Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso uh, follows uh, Gunther's sword outside the ring there. Where he gets punched in the face by Ludwig Kaiser. He falls outside the ring there. Otis goes, no, you don't. He gets his, his win back and he charges, uh, you know, Ludwig Kaiser outside the ring. Squash him underground with a massive, just runs him over with a clothesline. After that, it's uh, Gunther with a massive um, pump kick to the face of uh, Otis. Knock him out. While inside the ring, it's uh, Chad Gabler and uh, Giovanni Vinci. And Chad Gable eventually gets uh, Giovanni into the uh, the ankle lock. That's where Kurt Angle would be proud of this one. 
Um, now, uh, what's that? Uh, Gunther tried to break it again. Try to come in and break it again. That theoretically, if you did that, that should have been theoretically. A disqualification! You can't break it twice. But it didn't, he didn't get time to break it because Tommaso Ciampa comes in there, cuts off uh, uh, Gunther at the pass, and throws on what he calls the, uh, you know, um, the Cajun stretch. Something like that, you know. Anyways, yeah, he gets the stretch on to uh, Gunther. It looks like the ring's at Saturn. So anyways, uh, Giovanni, he's going to tap. Gunther's like, don't you dare tap. You're the weak link. Don't you tap. Don't you do it. Fight, you miserable son of a bitch. But he couldn't fight. Giovanni's tapping, you know. Uh, it's a Sicilian stretch, I should say. He's, it's a Sicilian stretch. It's the, the rings of Saturn. I really got to write a little more legibly. It's terrible. My handwriting, like chicken scratch. Terrible. So, yeah. Um, the Imperium loses to Alpha Academy and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Mm -hmm. So, there's going to be some words spoken to. I'm pretty sure uh, Giovanni Vinci will be, uh, be talking to some uh, repercussions, I'm sure. It's going to be handed down to him by Gunther. Maybe he might be kicked out again of the uh, Imperium. Not kicked out. He left Imperium for a bit, but he joined again. Anyways, regardless. Now moving on to uh, some Judgment Day business. And they're taking care of business. Now this next match is going to be the main event match. And Rhea Ripley can't have anybody and can't have Dominic Mysterio by her side. Nope. Not like Rhea Ripley needs anybody at her side anyways. But anyways, uh, it's like uh, Rhea Ripley would take care of some... Um, Raquel Rodriguez and uh, Justin Day, well, they got to take care of Jay business. And then after that, it's uh, we go backstage. Adam Pierce um, conducting the contract signing for Tuesday's, uh, you know, uh, what's that? Uh, NXT, a big heavy women's championship match. Uh, Tiffany Stratton defending against Becky Lynch. Now, Be uh, Tiffany Stratton is like saying, basically saying that, you know what? Uh, I don't, I don't understand this. Uh, why? Why, Becky? Why are you attacking me for? You know, I, I've got nothing but respectful respect for you. I even apologized for uh, mistakenly calling you a uh, NXT champion. You know, it comes down to this. Becky's ego. You know, she, she can't stand it. She can't have, have her name in anybody's mouth, especially someone as gorgeous as uh, Tiffany Stratton. Mm -hmm. So anyways, it's going to be done. NXT Heavyweight Championship match and Tiffany Stratton's looking to build her name on Becky Lynch and I think that's a good opportunity for uh, Tiffany Stratton. So next up we got ourselves a big Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley Women's Heavyweight Championship Women's Championship match. Now uh, in the beginning part it was uh, Rhea Ripley getting her arse kicked by uh, Raquel Rodriguez you know including with a, a massive bear hug thinking that she can outpower Rhea Ripley with a bear hug now, I always say, uh, you know, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, she's got, she's a very limited moves, woman of very limited moves. Um, but this match was about 12 minutes in length. This was a really good match, almost match in length. This was really good. Uh, Rhea Ripley, because Rhea Ripley, I think Rhea Ripley's that damn good in wrestling. She can make just about everybody look good. She's a great worker, Rhea Ripley, period. Um, so Rhea Ripley showcasing that who is the greatest dropkick master? Is it uh, Zoe, uh, Zoe Stark or is it Rhea Ripley? Zoe Stark does a massive uh, springboard dropkick from the heavens right here. Oh my gosh. Rhea Ripley with a massive dropkick off the top rope, just crushing uh, Raquel Rodriguez. It was massive. 
understanding dropkick, face height, a beautiful, maybe Rhea Ripley's the greatest dropkicker out there. But it was a lot of back and forth. They're very evenly matched. Rhea Ripley goes off the top rope. You know, uh, Dominic Mysterio, Eddie Carrero. Frog splash, massive height, beautiful. Rhea Ripley really showcasing all she can do. They take the fight outside for the last time. Rhea Ripley tries to do a hurricane or some sort of thing on uh, Raquel. Raquel grabs Rhea Ripley, picks her up, and then, I guess, slams her like a baseball bat into the commentating table. Um, and then she picks up Rhea Ripley with the Tahana bomb on the hardest part of the apron, on the ring, the apron part of the ring. Rolling Rhea Ripley into the ring. Now here's where things get out of hand. Rhea Ripley's in the ring, and the referee always looks down the, ref, uh, the wrestler inside the ring, turns his back on everything. That's when the returning, that's right, uh, um, Nia Jax returns, takes off. Yeah, I guess, turns around, turns uh, Raquel around. And then gives her the Samoan drop, the Samoan drop on to Raquel. Raquel eventually, I mean, I don't know why uh, Nia Jax couldn't have thrown, uh, you know, you know, Raquel into the ring after, but she didn't. Raquel got up slowly and crawled back into the ring there. And that's when it's over. That was beginning to end because when Susie got in the ring, it was one to Hannah Bomb later. It is over! Rhea Ripley retains her title. But however, it wasn't over for Rhea Ripley because, uh, you know, uh, Nia Jax, she wasn't doing it to help Rhea Ripley. She's in there to making a statement because after that, she, uh, she takes out Rhea Ripley, headbutt to the face. And then she pulls her down to the ring there and does a... Uh, What's that? The Yokozuna. Yokozuna bomb. The, uh, the, uh, what's that? Uh, the typhoon. The earthquake, I should say. The earthquake. You know, she'd go in the corner. They would sit down Santon. And uh, Rhea Ripley was pretty far away from those ropes here. And I believe um, Nia Jax got 100% of her body weight on top of uh, Rhea Ripley. So, yeah. And she starts slapping her in the face. So that ends the uh, Monday Night Raw. With uh, Rhea Ripley being uh, humiliated by uh, Nia Jax. So, yeah, that wraps up for this episode of Monday Night Raw for this week. Now, uh, for a podcast. Uh. It's time to take a look back at the latest episode of NXT. All wrestling. Show, oh, 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 baby. Well, whoa. Well, whoa. Welcome to The Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Representing the WWE and Alive from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT. Air date, September the 12th, 2023. This episode is The Road to a No Mercy. Have mercy. No mercy. Anyways, before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-combatants. That's right, the non-competitors of the show. That they actually keep the building together. The glue of the, of the building. Okay, regardless. Now, first of all, um, the, uh, the quick shout out to the... Uh, course the uh, the man that makes all the decisions in the wwe in the uh, actually nxt it's uh Ooh, sean sean michaels 
Uh, next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, they are the team of Mackenzie Mitchell and Kelly Kincaid. And heading into the ring with the announcer, it's Alicia Taylor. And last but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew. Uh, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They're the team of the, of the two-time, that's right, uh, the two-time Hall of Famer. He's uh, the man with the checks and championships on his mind. Shucky ducky, a quack quack. It's a Booker T. Mm-hmm. And backing up Booker T. And as usual, the voice of reason. And a very tippity top commentator on his own. Dig diggity. It's Vic Joseph. Now, without any further cadews, let's uh, get started with the, uh, the show. So here we go. Now we start off huge, a uh, huge. Now this first match, it's uh, probably close. It's match of the night, hands down match of the night. It is uh, this match is uh, between um, the great Wes Lee, former North American champion, on uh, a string of bad losses, you know, but still one of the all-time greats. Versus another great, um, it's Ilya Dragunov. And then we say Ely Dragunov. It's uh, he's a uh, you know um, he's a person you gotta you gotta set yourself up against. You know he's uh, the standard of uh, wrestling. If you can keep up with them, you belong where you are. Anyways, this match is the match of the night. It was great. It was about uh, almost fourteen minutes in length, thirteen and a half minutes. It was uh, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Um, clearly, very competitive match. Um, now. They had a moment here where uh, Wesley does his uh, tope suicidas. He's with uh, Dragon Lee, or she got, uh, you know, Dragon off two times with the tope suicida. He went to the well once too often, unfortunately. Went for tope for the third time, but he got caught. He got caught with a big old insigiri to the head. This is, uh, now, not just anybody can do this. This is so well-timed. You know, you got to be on top of your game if you want to do, you want to catch someone's uh, tope suicida um, with the insiguri. Mm-hmm. It can look real bad if you do mistime that. Really bad. But it looked great. Incredible, in fact. And this later to uh, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, powerbombing. Not really powerbombing, but it's like uh, a German suplexing Wesley onto the commentating table. Mm-hmm. Right on top. Not enough to go through it, though. Leave. If my memory serves me correctly. Memory serves me correctly. But here we go. Wesley. He does his fantastic big move. He has his tope Susi. He goes over. He goes corner to corner. Over top the corner post. With a, uh, you know, uh, a front bump tope suicida. You know. And uh, here's the problem. Dragon, uh, Dragonoff was out there. Now Dragonoff's only job is to catch Wesley. He doesn't. He doesn't. Wesley flies right over top of him. Just flies right over top of uh, Dragon, Dragon off. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing in the match. So other than that, this was pretty damn. Uh, this was hardcore intense. They had a moment where uh, Dragon off uh, has a legitimate top rope suplex. Now, the top rope, the superplex these days, um, they're just not doing it like, uh, like the old way, like. Um, Bret Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart had the uh, lift up suplex, like a legitimate suplex, where you lift someone up and drop them, you know, 
This is just ripping them off the top rope. They're just ripping them off the top rope. You know, uh, it's very hazardous. A lot of people land on their high shoulders. Uh, very dangerous. This is no different. Dragunov um, whips Wesley off the top rope. No lift at all. Just whips him off there. Very, very dangerous. Anyways, this uh, this new way. The dangerous way of doing the suplex. Anyways. Whips off the top rope. Huge move. That is legitimate top rope suplex. Uh, superplex. You know, I hate to say it, but uh, those second rope suplexes uh, are really ruining the name of the superplex. Mm -hmm. I can understand, though. Being on a top rope, it is very scary. A lot of people don't like being on top there because it's uh, it tests their testicular fortitude. That's what I think, anyways. So now, Dragonoff, he's got this move. They call it the uh, the H bomb, where he it's basically a, a, a jumping elbow. And whether he's jumping on you missionary style or doggy style, it's still called the H bomb. <clears throat> so Dragonoff hits Wesley with the H bomb. Missionary style, Wesley's uh, laying upward, so he lays on top of him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Anyways, doesn't get the pin there. Match goes on. It's true. Does go on. Dragunov tries to go for the uh, torpedo Moscow, but he gets caught in the face with a flying knee. With a flying knee to the face. Now, here's the thing. After hitting that, getting the knee to the face, Dragunov stumbles to the ropes. Hits those ropes. Good, a nice slingshot maneuver. And then, once again, with the H-bomb, doggy-style position to the back. Like the, It's like the cross hammer now. You know, the carrying cross uh, elbow to the back of the head. Anyways. After that, it's over! One, two, three. Dragging off with the big victory. And coming up at No Mercy will be uh, Dragging off versus uh, Carmelo Hayes. So it's going to be a part deux. Part two. So will Dragunov be the victor? Now they did for a second there. They tried to go for the Rocky angle. Rocky one and Rocky two. You know, uh, but uh, Carmelo Hayes being the uh, Apollo uh, Apollo Creed character in the situation of Rocky. So will Dragunov become the NXT champion? You know, he um, Dragunov was the NXT UK division champion. Now can he do it in a regular NXT. Maybe I can see the possibility very, very well. The possibility of Dragunov becoming the champion is very good. Anyways, moving on. So I had a face-to-face -face after that. Now, after that, we go to the ring with the the burning ship. The the Viking funeral. Baron Corbin in the ring there. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, he's talking about... Uh, what happened, what transpired between Braun uh, Breaker and Vaughn Wagner. Now, they had a match last week, no disqualification match, uh, you know. Um, it, what it ended, doesn't matter how it ended. Uh, I mean, uh, Vaughn Wagner ended up uh, getting beaten up at the end after the match and having his head smashed with the uh, steel steps. Now, even though this would happen, the steel steps, when it came down, Vaughn Wagner, there's the steps apart, the steps, obviously the steps. So he put his head, his head was on top of the steel step at first. He moved it down to the second step, you know, and uh, I'm pretty sure he was well, well, well rehearsed there. So he smashed him on the head with the, uh, well, so-called smashed him on the head. But it was, uh, it was well, uh, well thought out, this, this stunt. Anyway, so the whole thing is Vaughn Wagner's out. He's done for. He's got his, uh, his broken skull, apparently. 
apparently he's got a broken skull, uh, kayfabe broken skull. And it's, of course, Baron Corbin saying that, oh, yes, this, uh, you know, I'm no doctor. I'm no doctor. But Vaughn won't be the same, won't ever be the same again. He won't be the same again. Of course he won't. This is Vaughn's new uh, gimmick change, his new, uh, his new uh, path, you know? What is Vaughn 2.0 going to look like? What is what his, uh, his new look, you know? He's going to wear the uh, white uh, um, tights with the red, uh, with the blue stars down the pants, you know? Sort of like uh, Vaughn Wagner, with blue stars and red shoes. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's a good look. It's a good look of work for some people. I don't know. Anyway, so he's talking that, and uh, he comes out. Uh, he talks about the smashing head, and he calls out Braun Breaker. He wanted a couple words with Braun Breaker, so Braun Breaker comes out, and Baron Corbin saying, "Oh, oh, I couldn't believe it. I had no words to say about it, but that was awesome. It was amazing. I'm so proud of you." So he was very impressed by Braun Breaker crushing, uh, you know, Von Wagner's head with the steel steps. But here's the thing. You know what? Um, Braun doesn't give two farts about, uh, you know, Baron Corbin. Now, Baron Corbin is true. Baron Corbin's been in the business for many, many, many years. He's been floating around in the business for a long time. They get to try to give him many pushes. You know, they all seem to fall flat. All Baron Corbin's pushes. But with all the pushes he had in his long career, he had a lot of big matches. A lot of big matches that really led to nowhere. But the matches are still on his resume. So he had matches with the Undertaker and such, you know, big, big matches, you know, uh, uh, retired people, quote unquote. So he's saying he deserves a little respect because of his uh, background. But uh, Braun's like, no, no, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't need or want your respect because I don't respect you. Didn't really say that, but uh, yeah, but it comes down to this. It's, uh, you know. Just a lot of anger, a lot of anger here. Braun Breaker, he's like uh, talking down to him, to uh, Baron Corbin, saying he's got to take him out. But he's like, you think I'm like Von Wagner? I'm not. And he slaps real hardcore. This is no uh, kayfabe slap here. This is, uh, you know, a real slappy. I feel so. Uh, Braun Breaker felt that one to his soul. The Baron Corbin slap so Braun, a little bit of the, uh, you know, a uh, uh, little payback, little payback, slaps him in the face back, and then he starts scrapping, and uh, the officials come in and break them up, but this is going to be a match, Braun Breaker, um, Baron Corbin, will it be good? Sure, it's not going to be bad. Um, will Baron Corbin win? Most likely not, guaranteed not, I don't think Baron Corbin will win this match, but it will be good. Uh, Baron Corbin is making a good uh, push guy for uh, other uh, very talented wrestlers there. So yeah, this is a good match for uh, Braun Breaker for sure, I believe. I believe! Moving on. We got ourselves a big tag team match. This is a, uh, um, a big six-man tag. This is... Uh, very fast, a very fast tag match. This was, uh, now even though the tags were legit tagging in and out, but this was just nonsense. This whole thing, it was just nonsense. This was almost, almost a three minute match with six people in the match. Now, who was in it, you might ask? Why? It's a team of uh, uh, Brooks Jensen, 
Josh Briggs and um, I guess uh, student of the Gulak Gym. It's uh, Miles Bourne or Miles Bourne. Miles Bourne. Mr. No Tongue himself. I don't think he has a tongue in his mouth. I don't. It's the way he talks. I'm Miles Bourne. Okay, anyways. I'm not here to make fun. I'm here to talk about the wrestling. And it's not making fun. I'm just, uh, in the, it's an observation that I, I'm observing that Miles Bourne may not have one of these. <laughs> anyways, uh, versus uh, Drew Gulak. And his students, uh, Charlie Dempsey and Damon Kemp, and this big a six-man, a tag team, a match. Now, this has got off hands real quick, out of control pretty quick. You know, uh, there was uh, Brooks Jensen in the ring there with uh, Damon Kemp. And then uh, Damon Kemp gets knocked, put down there real hard. And then Charlie Dempsey just runs into the ring, just runs into the ring. I said, I'm going in. Tag or no tag, be damned. So he runs into the ring there. Um... You know, Josh Briggs comes in there and he just takes him down and stomps a mud hole in Charlie Dempsey. And then uh, Drew Gulak says, not on my time, not on my watch. So he runs in the ring too, Drew Gulak. And he gets uh, um, back body dropped, a huge one by the two, Brooks and, uh, you know, uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Brooks and Jensen. Yep. So all right off the bat there, it's out of hand. It's out of hand real quick. Um, and then we got a full, a three-on-three. They all come and attack. They all go into the ring there. They all end up fighting outside the ring. All of them fighting outside the ring, you know. And then we got a point where it gets really weird. Uh, the end sequence here was uh, Damon Kemp. He's charging on the side. Or he's going for a big old, I'm not sure, some dive jumping move. And we got ourselves a Miles Bourne pulling Fallon Henley to safety so she doesn't get, uh, you know, plowed by Damon Kemp, apparently. So that's good, I guess. Damon Kemp misses everybody. Which was weird. Damon Kemp gets, uh, you know, he gets thrown into the ring by uh, Brooks Jensen. Now Brooks slides into the ring and then he gets stopped by uh, Miles Bourne. Miles grabs him by his feet and he spins him around. And... Brooks Jensen ends up bashing his head against the uh, steel post. Just like so. And then it's uh, Briggs out there. He's like, oh, what's going on? And he gets attacked from behind. Mm -hmm. uh, by uh, Drew Gulak. I believe. So uh, now uh, in the side of the ring, Damon Kemp, he puts it away. He, uh, he picks up, uh, what's that, uh, Brooks Jensen, like a suplex, and uh, he ends up with picking him up and giving him the old uh, neck breaker, the neck breaker, and that was it, one, two, three, over. And Miles Bourne, he's, uh, I guess he's, uh, I guess he's shown to the fact he's a team player. He's, uh, he's all for Team Gulak. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, I guess, uh, you know, Miles Bourne found his place. And what does that mean? Not much. I still would like to see, uh, uh, die family, D family, D family, family, you know, Teomon. Where's Teomon? Come on. Anyways, regardless, I'm a fan of Teomon. I bring this up because Charlie Dempsey, he was in the, his, uh, his faction. 
a long time ago. It almost seems like a lifetime ago now. So after that, we go, uh, it's Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. They're uh, Chase U. And guess who's not there again? It is Thea Hale. Where's Thea Hale? I don't know where Thea Hale is. Duke and uh, Andre's talking. Oh, text her. She's not here. Uh, well, there's the, uh, um, the, the Invitational, the Global Invitational, Heritage Invitational. Oh, no, I'm going to be watching it. The, uh, the thing. Anyways. So where is Fallon Henley? Where is uh, Thea Hale, I should say? What well, Thea Hale, she's hanging out at, uh, I'm not sure what they're trying to disguise it as, but it's the uh, um, with Performance Center uh, kitchen area, with their lunch area. And it's dressed up like it's a bar almost. And we got uh, you know, JC Jane sitting, sitting there with, uh, you know, Thea Hale. And you got these two guys. Hey, you know, I think this guy's going to come up on us. Hey, hey, guy, hey, girls. And they start making fun of Thea Hale. And then uh, uh, they get beaten up. You know, JC Jane beats up one and Thea Hale beats up the other. And they both, both the guys who run away like cowards in the night. So I'm like, that was just a lot of, uh, it happened. It happened. And let's move on. And then we got ourselves a big match. It's Dana Brooke versus Lyra Valkyria. Dana Brooke is very, uh, I guess she's a very obsessive, very uh, jealous woman. Um, very vindictive, apparently. Now, here's a funny thing. Um, she's, a lot of people, they just don't like Dana Brooke. I'm not a big fan of Dana Brooke. She's uh, not very skilled in that ring. Um, she's got a lot of attitude. I guess that helps or something. Um, now, the match. I, the people were booing her, but I think people were um, patronizing. They were just being patronized. He got a small group saying, let's go Dana, and Dana sucks. I'm like, is this uh, truly getting the John Cena thing? The love of hate? But no, no, no. It's just, uh, you know, hate and, uh, you know, patronizing hate. <laughs> and this match was about three and a half minutes. Um, Dana Brooke, her big move was the uh, Kredovat. She tries to get the cravat on. Ah, the cravat. Really looked weird, but she held on to it for about a minute or two in this, uh, you know, three and a half minute match. Now, Lyra Valkyria, she still does the uh, dropkick. She used, to, she used to do a uh, tope outside the ring. Ever since she got injured, she just does this uh, safe to safe dropkick. She dropkicks outside the ring and stops herself from leaving the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the move. I think she should remove that altogether. If she does something, at least uh, go out in the apron there and do like, a, you know, a, um, what's that? A, a swanton, like a front bump off the apron there. So at least uh, when you hit this, if you miss everything, you hit the soft pads above on the bottom and you take a proper bump. You know, pretty damn safe, even at the worst of conditions. Okay, so moving on. Now, Lyra. She went to the top rope there, and uh, her, the big move of uh, Dana was pulling her off. And Lyra got pulled off good there. But it was pretty safe. Gotta say, always gotta say, when uh, Lyra's fighting, you gotta see whether her bumps are safe or not, because you don't want her injured yet again in, a, in another match. Because, you know, they can really crush someone's confidence. Injuring, getting injured once, but twice. Whew. Another story, I tell you what. I tell you what. So, yeah, Lyra Valkyria with a massive... A body scoop slam right on, uh, you know, Dana Brooke. Now they fight on. Dana Brooke gets uh, caught with a spinning heel kick to the face. Drops down. Naya Valkyria, she finishes off the match. She goes to the top rope. Top rope. Now, she does a splash off the top rope. You know, I think she should do a high cross splash. But uh, her splash 
it reminds me of uh, Gunter, the Gunter splash. Just like, just no graceful, no grace at all in that one there. But it was done, top rope. Phase one done. Now second stage, make that thing look graceful. Make it look beautiful. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman, but that's a very non-graceful splash. Not graceful splash. Here is after the match, though, it's hilarious. Now with, uh, um, what's that, Dana Brooke was uh, Kilani um, Jordan watching him. match, just watching the match, not, not uh, you know, interfering whatsoever. She's a good girl out there. You know, she's got tons of respect for uh, Lyra Valkyria, but somehow she's still with, you know, Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke. So at the end, it was the handshake. You know, Lyra really didn't want to shake hands, and uh, Dana really didn't want to shake hands either, but she's so phony, though, Dana. So she shakes hands. Hi, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice fighting you. <laughs> and then uh, Lyra turned around to walk out of the ring, and Dana Brooke tried to attack her from behind. Mm-hmm. Try to do the backstabbing move. But it was, of course, uh, Kalani Jordan stopping the whole thing. Yes, she could, you know, because uh, Dana Brooke, she's a, she's a little thing now. You know, uh, 10 years ago, J Dana Brooke, 10 years ago, Dana Brooke, 10 years ago. She was a force to be reckoned with. She was fierce. But that was 10 years ago. And she did not capitalize on anything. But she's still here. She's still around. And so is, eh, regardless, moving on. Now we go backstage, it's with uh, our very own um, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell with Eddie Thorpe all complaining and bitching and moaning about losing to, uh, you know, Dijak not once, but twice. Every excuse in the book. Oh, you know, Dijak's cheating on me. Oh, you know, that belt that he put the, he wrapped a leather belt around his head, rest and punched me in the head with it, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he's all cheating and stuff. You know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, sucker. Okay, so can you dig that sucker? That's what I meant to say. So then we have now uh, Dijak in the stomping grounds of Eddie Thorpe. When Eddie Thorpe loses, he wants to cry to his, uh, you know, you know, to, to, to the earth. When he goes camping, cry camping. Eddie, Thorpe, Eddie Thorpe's uh, place, why Dijak's there and he's gone marking his territory. So he takes his dick out and starts pissing everywhere. He didn't do that at all. He's not really marking his territory. He just takes his belt off and he starts, he takes his belt off and starts whipping a tree. Starts uh, whipping a tree. Yeah! hi yeah, yeah, yeah! Tree! hi yeah, yeah! It's like, really? Really, that's marking your territory? Just whipping a tree? I mean, really. Almost, almost nothing happened to the tree. Maybe a little couple of splinters of bark fell off. The tree will live. The tree will live. Moving on. So I guess they're going to have a Dijak, uh, you know, Eddie Thorpe 3. And will we see the, t the spirit of Tatanka or Chief J Strongbow come out with uh, Eddie Thorpe's next match, his next uh, live match? We'll soon see. We'll soon see. We'll soon see. So now with that, we got ourselves a little face-to-face, -face, you know, a little bit of uh, Dirty Dom, Dirty Dominic Mysterio. With uh, Carmelo Hayes, two belt champions, and it was some good, talk, good banter. You know who is a champion? Um, you know Dominic Mysterio saying, "Well, you know what you said yourself that the uh, North American Championship is the A Championship, so I'm the A champion here." <laughs> uh, it's so hilarious. He's like, "Well, it means nothing different. It means something totally different when I was a champion, basically." So Carmelo Hayes, 
really good at uh, shooting. This was uh, their uh, chemistry, really good. Both super intelligent, uh, both, both great at conversation. Um, yeah, this was good. I think uh, for sure, Dominic Mysterio, you can see the confidence building. You know, he's so young and he's doing so good. Two belts, two belts already. Carmelo Hayes, these two are uh, future Hall of Famers, for sure. For sure. Dominic Mysterio, no one hated more than that man. And he is, whew, great stuff. So this is going to be a match. The challenge next week. Dominic Mysterio, Carmelo Hayes. God damn. That is going to be good. Going to be good. But can Carmelo Hayes do it all alone? Because you know, uh, Dominic Mysterio, he won't be alone. And he can never do it alone. Dominic Mysterio, his title reign is like Roman Reigns' title reign. It has a lot of asterisks, asterisk beside it. You know, because he had a lot of help. A lot of help. A whole bunch of help. So now with that, we go backstage. It's with, uh, you know, a uh, uh, McGenzie Mitchell again. With uh, a pre-match interview with Becky Lynch. And why, uh, you know... Becky, she's like, she's saying she's more passionate, more so passionate, and more so hungry. Me so hungry. So she's more so hungry and more passionate than ever. Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. And yep, she's looking forward to the match tonight. And we got ourselves a face to face. Kiana James comes in there. She's all upset with seeing Becky Lynch there. And she's like, you know what? Uh, he, uh, we, we don't want you here, Becky Lynch. We just don't want you here. Get yourself away. You don't go here anymore. She didn't really say that, but she doesn't care for Becky Lynch being there. And Becky Lynch is so upset. Oh, well, I'm going to be seeing you around here more often then. I'll be seeing you, you know. So basically, uh, she's got... Uh, she's coming. Becky's coming for uh, Kiana. So basically, if Becky wins, I think, if Becky wins tonight, uh, I guess uh, Kiana James will be first in line for gold, baby gold. Okay, moving on. We got ourselves a big, uh, it's uh, the Global Heritage Invitational Group A. Now this one here is uh, um, Tyler Bate versus Axiom. Now, right now, we got ourselves uh, in Group A. Uh, Butch is ahead of the whole group with three points. You know, Clearly, a win and a tie. Uh, Charlie Dempsey, I don't think he's out of match yet. Not a match yet. But uh, Group B, oh, Akira Tazawa. It's uh, zero points, and he's fought like uh, uh, two times already. Two times already with zero points. Zero wins, you know. But Joe um, Coffee, Joe Coffee, with four Whopping points, leading Group B. Nathan Fraser and uh, Duke Hudson both carry a two. Both carry a two. So what's going on here? What's the goings on here? Um, Tyler Bate, Axiom. This was about six minutes and 40 seconds. This was uh, a very good match. Close to the match of the night. This was very good. Uh, this is a little bit short for my taking, You know, even though it was almost seven minutes. So it was a little bit longer than the standard NXT match. A lot of back and forth in this match. Um, Axiom with a massive uh, high-flying move outside the ring, crushing uh, Tyler Bate. Axiom, now they have a move on the top rope. It's the suplexes, you know. This one here is the double underhook suplex. And the same thing, maybe it's a little more safer than a standard suplex, but there's no lift 
and uh, drop. There's just a throw. It's a th you're th being thrown. You're being thrown off the top rope. And, uh, you know, that is really dangerous. And if you don't know how to bump, that is a damn dangerous if you're getting thrown off the top rope, you know. If you're dropped off, it's a different story. It's a different story if you're dropped. Because you can be dropped on your back. Anyways, moving on. Now, uh, there is this one. It was this uh, Poison Rana. A Poison Rana by uh, Axiom to uh, Tyler Bate. Because who else is Axiom going to do it to? The referee? <laughs> Anyways, Tyler Bate lands directly on top of his head. This is some dangerous bump in here. Um, no real... Maybe he, you know, holding himself up. Some serious uh, strength involved with that. But it looked good. looked like a real good bump on top of the head. Bump on top of the head. But here's the thing. Did that even matter? That huge Poison Rana? You know, it would knock anybody out. Out cold. Getting a huge bump like that because it means his poison around him meant nothing because Tyler Bate right after that uh, picks him up for a massive, uh, they call it, a brain buster. But what is the difference between a brain buster and a suplex? A long time ago, they both start off as a suplex, but a brain buster, you drop down like a, uh, you know, uh, what's that, the uh, DDT, like a pile driver, you know, the jackhammer. It's like a jackhammer. You just drop them down top of their head. But you can't do that anymore. I don't even know why they call it that anymore, but because uh, it's just basically a, a just a, a suplex, a, just suplex. I don't think there's such things as a brain buster anymore, a real brain buster anymore. Those things are abolished. Anyways, after the brain buster, suplex, uh, they go off the top rope, and uh, Axiom, they change again. He said, brain buster, forget about it. That's a game change. That's a game over. You get now dropped on your head, done. Just like a poison runner, done. But they exchange moves again. Uh, they go to the top rope, and it's a, uh, you know, um, what's that? Uh, he flies off the top rope. You know, it's, it's a huge move. Anyways, can't really remember the move right now, but it's okay. Um, yeah, anyways, regardless. Uh, so, it may move on. They, they exchange moves, some big moves. They exchange huge moves. Um, and at the end... Axiom tries to get uh, Tyler Bate into an armbar. Uh, Tyler Bate picks up Axiom. Axiom, uh, you know, for a power power bomb. Axiom gives him a nice uh, hurricanrana. Um, Tyler Bate gets back up and tries to power bomb him again with the, you know, but uh, Axiom again with the uh, hurricanrana again throws him right off, you know. Uh. And then after that. The second one, uh, after the second uh, Hurricanrana, throws uh, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate uses his momentum, goes for a the slingshot, massive lariat. So he slingshot off his shoulders, you know, the shoulder uh, um, slingshot off the ropes. Spins around, tits, axiom with it, hardcore, picks him up with the Tyler Driver, 97. And it's over. It's over. So, yeah. Uh, Tyler Bate. Wins his first victory. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Tyler Bate had a big match last week against uh, Yabba Dabba. Yabba Dabba Kato. Dabba Kato. And he beat him, beat the big man. Mm -hmm. Not surprising. Not surprising. The big man loses everybody. He loses to everybody. That's what he does. That's what he does. So now we go to a, I don't know, a vignette or whatnot. It doesn't matter. This is what's left of uh, the, the schism. Four roots, one tree. 
Now there are two roots, one tree. Uh, so something's happened to Jagger Reed and Rip Fuller. So now there are a two-man team. And does anybody care? Well, it seems Avarain is uh, really... Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so moving on backstage. We got a little bit of, uh, I guess, uh, Carmelo Hayes talking to his old mate, old uh, number one hype guy, Trick Williams. And Carmelo Hayes is like, listen, the Trick, you know, uh, hey, how are things doing? I mean, I think I might need your help next week. I think I might be needing your assistance next week if you don't mind. If you don't mind. Because obviously next week it's going to be uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Dominic Mysterio. Dominic is clearly going to have at least Rhea Ripley at his corner, you know. So yeah, Trick's like, yeah, man, no problem. No problem, dude. No problem, dude. Uh, not really like the, those exact words, but he's got, Trick's got, Tricky's got uh, Carmelo's back. And while they're talking, we got ourselves a little bit of Wesley moping around in the background. Now, it'd be interesting if, if Wesley had more stuff in his locker, more stuff he can just throw away. It would have been better, like a little more better, better, better visual. So it's like a lot of banners and shit like this and throw all this uh, swag away. That would have been a little bit more. But he had so little things. He was swarting through every now and then. He was tossing in garbage. So yeah, this is a, a prelude. What's happening? Wesley's emptying his locker into the garbage, including his nameplate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that uh, the match in the beginning of the day really hurt his ego. The ego was hurt. You know, he had no think, time to think about his actions. His losses are building up. But what's going to happen, we'll find out later. We'll find out soon enough. But right now, we got ourselves another tag team match. This one here was uh, the Diamond Mine back in action. Brutus and Julius Creed with Ivy Nile at their side. Versus Idris and Nofe. And, uh, you know, uh, Malik Blade. Now, here's the thing. This match was about uh, almost... Almost four minutes, three minutes and 40 seconds, roughly, you know. Um, now, Malik played Idris Nofe, they are, they got some, they got potential. They got a lot of potential. Um, whether they're going to cash in on potential or not, I don't know. But uh, this match doesn't, kind of shows a little bit, but doesn't at all. Um, now, this match, Bruce and Julius Creed, and this was, uh, this was uh, okay, this is not great. Uh, the tag ropes were very, very, uh, these clean tags. This is the standard for tag matches, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. Because right off the bat, they do a thing where uh, Idris and Ophi Malik Blade, they start tagging each other out. You know, they do a quick tag and, uh, you know, um, Malik Blade, he goes and does a massive tope suicida onto, uh, you know, uh, I believe, uh, Brutus Creed outside, inside the ring. Oh, my goodness. Is I believe it's Julius Creed lying down there. And Idris and Nofe, he climbs to the top rope. And my God, my God, he throws a elbow drop. That is uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage-esque in style. But this one here, quite possibly, quite possibly be better than Randy Macho Man Savage's perfect elbow drop off the top rope. This was magical. He might as well be a damn unicorn off the top rope with that elbow drop. That elbow drop should not be taken lightly. That elbow drop should be a finishing move, not just thrown willy-nilly. 
after this elbow drop, it should have been over. That's how amazing that elbow drop should have been. It should have literally knocked out anybody in that ring, just killed anybody in that ring. That's how amazing that elbow drop is, that looked. So being used right off the bat like that, it's shameful, never should be done again. Only a finishing move. And even if it's a first move and you hit that elbow drop in the first move, it should be the last move. But uh, beautiful, best elbow drop I've ever seen, ever. That damned good. Idris Nofe, elbow drop from space. Whatever, it's insane. Should have ended there. But anyways, Idris, he's, uh, he, he goes, he thinks big, thinks really big, and sometimes that may be, be the end of him. Because he takes a uh, lariat, he takes a clothesline, and he goes big, and he spins. Now, if you were to, if you were to take some height and take that elbow, take the lariat, you can take do almost a, like a 360 almost. You know, land on your face, like a 300 degrees. Well, anyways, you land on your rear front. You're doing three, 300 and somewhat and land on your, you know. But uh, Idris Nofe, he gets hit. He spins around backwards and he literally bashes his high off his shoulders and neck off the ground. It is painful to watch. And the comic, if he does this a lot, his career is cut short like years and years and years. Damn, you know. From the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Mm -hmm. Idris and Nofe. Now, each Nofe Malik Blade, they get uh, a massive attention move on, uh, you know, Brutus Creed. He's now in the ring there. You get Tandem Mom. Um, it's the uh, Spine Buster by uh, Malik and, or by Idris Nofe. Malik Blade goes with a running, jumping, not any ropes there. A standing blockbuster. I mean, that is some serious athleticism. I mean, you just can't think, oh, I'm going to try this standing blockbuster. You know, thinking is one thing, but blockbusters are very difficult to do. If you can't jump, forget about it. Forget about it. You know, but these guys, like I say, these Idris Nofi Malakbley, serious talent, serious potential. Will they cash in? It's tough to say. Tough to say. Tough to say. Um, but here we go. The end of the match. It is uh, Julius Creed gets eventually gets tagged in. And he starts going ham. Ham on both uh, Malik and uh, Idris. They get thrown around like rag dolls. And eventually, it's uh, Malik and uh, the Creed brothers. Then it's a big finishing move. Uh, the big new finishing move, apparently. It's it's brand new. It's uh, um, Julius Creed picks up, um, you know, Malik Blade. For a massive uh, gotchi, gotchi pull uh, powerbomb. And Brutus Creed goes off top rope with his uh, Brutus Ball. Now he goes and hits him square in the belly with it. So I'm not sure exactly what it's supposed to do. The Brutus Ball off the top onto uh, the powerbombing, uh, you know, Malik Blade. Because he hits him. Basically, he just basically pushes him off. When they land, they land next to each other. He's not landing on top of each other. So it really is a nonsense move, you know. He might as well just do like some sort of doomsday device, like clothesline or something off top rope, you know? Or maybe uh, when he's going off there, at least drop, hold him, drop him, I don't know. There's so many other things you can do that looks, that's way better. That's way better. But you know what? The Brutus Ball, he just will not get rid of it. It's one hill Brutus Creed will die on. Well, I'm not going to get rid of Brutus Ball. I'm going to use it somewhere. And with that, it was over, you know? Um, 
Inofe tried to get in there, but he was stopped. Brutus gets a big victory for the team. For the team. And anyways, I talk way longer than this thing long deserved. Anyways, Hank, uh, Hank Walker and Tank Ledger it's out there. It's like, oh, we want next in this piece. So we got some tag teams coming out there for, uh, I guess, saying that we're still around. And then Lucian, uh, Prince, and Bronco Niven come in there and beat them up. And they go to the back. And, uh, yep. Two more T tag teams in there. And none of them in the group there. No, none of these four teams actually have the belts. So, you know. You know. Anyways, moving on. We go backstage. It's with a uh, little bit of the, uh, I don't know. Roxanne Perez. Well, first it was uh, Becky Lynch talking to Lyra Valkyria. Giving kudos to each other. Larry's like, I hope you win. I hope you don't. Anyways, and after that, we got ourselves a little bit of the uh, Roxanne Perez in the back locker room talking about the new women's uh, breakout tournament that's going to be happening. And giving some rookies a little bit of the, uh, um, you know, a pep talk. And then that's when, Rox that's when it's at Electro Lopez and uh, um, Lola Vice come in there and start uh, causing problems. Saying that, hey, you're causing problems in the locker room. Are you causing problems? When literally they're just causing problems now. Anyways, Lola Vice, she's got a big following. A lot of people are big fans of Lola Vice. She looked great. Absolutely fabulous, Lola. Um, who knows what she can do here? Lola versus Roxanne Perez. That's going to be a thing, and I look forward to it when it happens. So next up, we got ourselves a next... Uh, What's a Global Heritage Invitational? A Group B. Nathan Fraser with three points. Akira Tazawa with zero. Who will win this match? Now this match here. Akira Tazawa, he fought his two uh, previous, uh, what's that, uh, Global Heritage Invitational matches at the NX, at the level up, at the level up division. The lowest division. And he still loses. So this is the first one he actually takes a step up in front of an actual uh, well, step up in the main ro a main NXT roster with Nathan Fraser. Now this match here, Akira Tozawa. You know, I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's definitely uh, um, Lucha House Party. He's the, like member. He might as well be a member of Lucha House Party. He's got some talent, um, but uh, this match was a little over what's that? Two and a half minutes. About two and a half minutes, well under a commercial, well, about a commercial break. You know, short commercial break. Two and a half minutes. Um, now, Akira, watching the match, of course, it's a uh, metaphor. Like they do, they have this little perch in the back, they're watching the whole thing. You know, Norm Dar, checking out who is his uh, eventual his opponent's going to be. Oh, Norm Dar, his, his schedule is so light. Damn. One match, or two match, one match in five five weeks. <laughs> uh, so yeah he's with Lash Legend Oromenta and uh, Jakura Jackson on watching the whole match and their little costumes too making the making a little jungle scene it's looking cute anyway we wear this match how about the match now Akira Tozawa he had two big moves he goes off the top rope with a massive massive dropkick he flies right across halfway across the ring with this dropkick it was pretty impressive after that does this massive uh, tope suicida between the second and third ropes pretty pretty big and they go and fight back inside there that's when things take a turn Akira Tozawa he gets torn thrown off just torn off the top rope there 
with a suplex. Mm -hmm. And this is like the, the standard suplex now. It was a superplex off the top rope, but it's not a real, they're just getting thrown off the top rope. This is very dangerous stuff. Bret Hart, you know, suplexes. Anyways, why am I carrying on with that? So Tizaro gets suplexed off that. Now this is a, a, a standard, it used to be a standard uh, Seth Rollins combo. The superplex, uh, Falcon's Arrow. But instead of the Falcon's Arrow, it's a superplex to the uh, um, a suplex neckbreaker. We pick, some, pick up the uh, person with their suplex and halfway, like quarter way up in the suplex, you uh, spin around, drop down again, neckbreaker, neckbreaker. Uh, Tozawa loses again, three matches and zero wins. Nathan Fraser gets his first victory. So yes, Nathan Fraser with uh, a big a four, big a four. Joe Coffey is tied with Nathan Fraser. Duke Hudson with two. Akira Tozawa, you can forget about it. You can forget about it. So yeah, with that, we got ourselves a little Kelly Kincaid. Kelly Kincaid. There, talking to uh, the Flogs. The Flogs. <laughs> Duke Hudson called them the Flogs. It was hilarious. I had no idea what that was. I had to look it up. So they're uh, uh, pretentious, conceited, and foolish. Foolish is the, uh, you know, the term. Anyways, uh, it's Joe Coffey, brother, Marcus Coffey and Wolfgang. And its whole thing is about uh, Joe Coffey. Um, you got to, if you beat uh, Duke Hudson, you, it's pretty much cleared through. You know, you're pretty much cleared. Go to the next round. It's like, yeah, I can, oh, I can beat uh, Duke Hudson, no problem. No problem. I'm Joe Coffey. I'm not a big fan of Joe Coffey. He's a... Anyways. Duke Hudson hears him. He thinks, uh, yeah, you, know, you think you can beat me? You know, uh... But yeah, he's like, uh... Well. Duke Hudson feels uh, he can, uh, on top of MVP on his name, you can add another nickname to Duke Hudson and it will be called Spoiler. And that's when he leaves and calls them all flogs. And they're like, flog? What? What's a flog? Hey, have you know what a flog is? I don't know why they're called British now. Oh, what a flog! I don't know what a flog is. So yeah, uh, so I'd say that uh, covers pretty much uh, Joe uh, Coffee. Anyways, moving on. Not for the insults. Not for the insults. Moving on, we go uh, backstage again with uh, Lil Mackenzie Mitchell with Mustafa Ali, and the question is about his questionable win against uh, Dragon Lee. With Dominic Mysterio giving me a fast count. And Dragon Lee's there. Oh, I'm so upset. But uh, now, what's that? Uh, Mustafa Ali. What's that? Uh, he's like, uh, what, what, what do you think about the crowd's reaction to you? And he's like, uh, well, they weren't booing me, love. Calling Mackenzie love. Excuse me, love. Hey, darling. Really? So, Dragon Lee's out there. He's still upset over the whole situation. And, uh, well, Mustafa's pretty intelligent. You know, He knows how to argue. He knows how to talk. No diggity doubt. So, he said, hey, listen. Um, fast count or slow count doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You know, it is what it is. I can't change it. You can't change it. It is what it is, basically. And But here's it is. Um, when I beat Dominic Mysterio, you are first in line. How about that? I mean, really? You can't get any better than that. If... You know, Mustafa Ali wins, you get first in line for the belt. There's nothing wrong with that. And if he loses, you can go for, uh, you know, Dominic Mysterio yourself. Nothing wrong with that. 
But apparently, it's just not fast enough. We're Dragon Lee. It's all or nothing, apparently. I don't know. So moving on, now we got ourselves to Walk of Shame. You just hear the Hulk's music playing in the background, you know. And it's uh, poor old uh, Wesley. Packed his bags and he's meeting his lady friend and he's ready to go, you know. Wesley's like, uh, so what's next for Wesley? Well, you know, if I'm not going to No Mercy, well, I'm going home. I'm done. I'm done. So somehow, something's going to happen. Something is going to happen. Where Wesley will be called upon to go to uh, No Mercy. Mm -hmm. Because Wesley is way too talented to be walking away from the NXT or the WWE in general. Moving on. After that, they leave and you got ourselves an attack. It's, uh, you know, Blair Davenport being attacked by, uh, I guess, fully, uh, you know, covered assailant, masked assailant. And we find out that masked assailant was uh, Gigi Dolan trying to get uh, some revenge on, uh, you know, the Blair Davenport for causing JC Jane's, uh, for causing Gigi Dolan's loss last week. Mm -hmm. Those stuff. Okay, with that said, we move on to our main event match. Main event of the night. It is uh, for the women's NXT Championship Gold. Now, uh, defending, reigning and defending champion is Tiffany Stratton versus the man, Becky Lynch, who has never won the NXT Championship title. And this is uh, basically, um, you know, on her bucket list before she retires that she's got to be NXT Champion. Now, here's the match here. It was about... Uh, It was about eight, eight minutes, you know, about eight and a half minutes this match. So it was, it was really good. Actually, it was uh, uh, 13 and a half minutes, I should say. 13 and a half minutes. It was really good. It was really, really good. Now, it showed one thing for sure. Um, Becky Lynch, she likes to hustle. She hustles in that ring there. Tiffany Stratton, she is an athlete. She, uh, she's a workhorse. She's fearless. And she's a great champion. And one thing for sure in this match, you know that Tiffany Stratton outclassed Becky Lynch 100% in this match. Now, I say that. Now, Becky Lynch does... Now, when Becky Lynch is fighting, she's a hustle. She likes hustling up there. She likes going to the top rope. And whoever says she's not a uh, luchador, it's pretty much correct. She's not a luchador, even though she likes going to top rope. She likes to. She likes going to top rope. But she doesn't really do much off there. But she does go off there. I complain about it because, uh, I don't know. Her first drop kick off top rope was okay. She's when she goes to the top rope, she goes horizontal and falls down. You know, there's no height there at all. It's uh, you know you can only only say that well at least she went to the top rope. And she did with the drop kick with Tiffany Stratton, you know. But Tiffany Stratton, oh my goodness, shows the greatness of Tiffany Stratton. Now Tiffany Stratton has the prettiest moonsault ever, one of the greatest moonsaults. But she pulls out a swanton. That Jeff Hardy would be proud of. Uh, Jeff Hardy in his prime. Not the alcoholic bastard. But Jeff Hardy in his prime. He was probably an alcoholic back then too. But uh, young Jeff Hardy of 30 years ago. You know. Uh, a swanton. So perfect. This should have ended the match. This was beautiful. Kidding. Becky Lynch with everything. I, my mind is over. And the winner. With that beautiful... Swanton bomb. God, it was so good. So good. Tiffany Stratton outclassing. And then with the huge 
I guess, cave-in. Tiffany Stratton has this beautiful cave-in. She just caves in uh, Becky Lynch. Now, Becky Lynch, she's got to sing. It was, it was, it made me laugh out loud. It was so non-athletic, non-athletically hilarious because Becky Lynch, she's got a lot of up and get them, but she's, it is so bad. Now, Tiffany Stratton, she thinks she's got Becky Lynch down for the count and she's going for the uh, prettiest moonsault ever. Now she does the springboard on there. She's going to do the springboard to the top, you know? So she bounced off top bottom. She doesn't really bounce off the bottom, but she did today. She bounced off bottom to the second rope and then Becky Lynch, she jumps on the bottom rope and bounced on the second rope. It's like, what? Can't you not jump onto the second rope? It is only two feet off the ground. It's only two feet off the ground. Can you not jump to the second rope? She couldn't jump to the second rope, really. You can't. You gotta. You gotta springboard your your lazy ass on the second rope, really, Becky Lynch. Wow. And at the move, was a uh, Russian leg sweep off the second. Wow. Yeah. Not impressed. So they take the match outside. This is where it's, this is where it gets really weird. Um, uh, Becky Lynch. She gets uh, beaten up outside the ring there, and next you know it, Becky Lynch throws pushes. Tiffany Stratton on top of the table and Tiffany Stratton lies there like a good girl and uh, 30 or 40 seconds later Becky Lynch climbs onto the barricade and uh, jumps off with a, a double with a boom drop with a boom drop the Kofi Kingston leg drop onto uh, uh, Tiffany Stratton on top of the commentating table now this was a jumping move off the barricade you know her jumping move is going horizontally and landing so her absolute lightweight because Becky Lynch she is a petite now she's absolutely lost all her you know she's all her size you know she's she used to be called boulder shoulders now she's so light she goes off the barricade landing on Tiffany Stratton nothing happens to the table stands still nothing happens to the table anyways uh they take back to the ring Becky Lynch gets the disarmor onto uh Tiffany Stratton Tiffany breaks out gets out of that move oh my goodness power power bombs a holy hell out of Becky Lynch goes to the top rope and goes for the massive the, it's very beautiful the prettiest moonsault ever she uh, goes for it she misses however she misses it and then that's when it's uh, game over man handle slam later one two three it's over um, Becky Lynch is now your new champion of the NXT um it, it was bound to happen. Becky Lynch is uh, collecting belts. I mean, she's never had that belt before, and I guess they're just giving it to her for now. But I think uh, this is not it for Tiffany Stratton. She just has way too much talent. Um, she's looking great. Her ring gear looks amazing. Her, uh, just, her in general, her wrestling skills inside the ring, her mic skills outside the ring, her personality, it's, it's coming to a pinnacle. And I think it should be not too long before, I think, you know, the, the year of uh, Tiffany Stratton will be back again. But as for now, that does wrap it up for this week's episode of the NXT. Um, but if you are a podcast listener, stay tuned for there will be some Smackdown right after the short break. But for the YouTube um, viewer, this is it for the episode. I've been your host, Lip Hazlywood, saying see you next time on The Wrestling Show. Hello there. It's that time again to take a very cynical look back at SmackDown. Uh, oh, the wrestling. 
Wilbo. Wilbo. Welcome to the wrestling show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of uh, Representing the WWE and Live uh, from the Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. It's uh, a Friday Night Smackdown, air date September the 15th, 2023. Um, this episode is, of course, the, uh, the road to uh, the Royal Rumble. That's right, the Royal Rumble coming up. Now, before we get started onto the show, just a quick shout-out to the non-competitors. That's right. Um, they are the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, it's uh, the representing the authority figure. It's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops. Why? We don't have anybody doing that uh, tonight. <clears throat> That's right, nobody on backstage duties. Okay, now, of course, heading into the ring, letting everybody know who's about to fight and uh, the results of such matches, fights, it's Mike Rome, and, of course, most importantly, the commentary crew, the play-by-play -play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the three-man team of... Uh, now, first and foremost, he's uh, the... He's the impeccably styled and extremely handsome one. He is uh, the very reliable Corey Graves. And next to Corey is, of course, he relies, he refers to him as the good old KP. But we all know him as the very enthusiastic Kevin Patrick. And finally, it's the longtime veteran. And on second show of over 25 years, it's uh, Michael Cole. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get started with the, the show. And it's, uh, today's, uh, they're, they're pulling out all the stops tonight. They're pulling out all the stops to, on tonight's show. Um, they just need Smackdowns, uh, I guess, uh, their numbers going up, going up. So, right off the bat, um, they bring out, uh, Pat McAfee. Now, apparently Pat McAfee's just in town. So, I guess since Pat McAfee's in town, he might as well start the show. I want to hear Pat McAfee's uh, music and when they're saying, oh, Pat McAfee, I can't believe he's coming down. Of course, Corey Graves not very happy to see, see Pat McAfee, but regardless, he's the heel. He's the resident heel. And anyways, I'm thinking, no, or is there going to be a four-man commentary team tonight? Is there going to be a four-man team tonight? I hope not. I certainly hope not. Three is too many people, I think. But no, uh, Pat McAfee coming out there and he's uh, pumping up the crowd. Pump, pump the crowd, pump it up. Anyways, uh, he's like I said, he's just in town. He's decided just to drop by, you know, opens up the show. And then before we can say anything, of course, anything relevant, whatnot, uh, important at all, uh, it's uh, the future Hall of Famer, the former um, United States champion, he is the uh, Austin Theory. Yep, the man with impeccable size, and uh, yeah, he's got mic skills, wrestling skills, he's got the whole package, baby. And it's hilarious because they come down, basically, he comes down, Pat McAfee and, uh, you know, Austin Theory, basically in the same uniform, like uh, black jeans and uh, a black tank top. But, you know, it's night and day because uh, Pat McAfee looks like me, a fat potato. You know, while Austin Theory, he looks like a Greek god. 
like, like he says. Anyways, regardless about how they look in this, this same, uh, uh, you know, clothing, it's all about this. Why? Um, Austin Theory, he's got a big problem with, uh, you know, Pat McAfee. He needs in there. He's a he's an fixing to do a, I guess a, a beating. Give fixing to give a, you know, Pat McAfee a, a beating of a lifetime. I guess. Anyways, uh, I guess uh, Pat McPhee calls uh, Austin Theory a little bit disrespectful. A little bit disrespectful. But, you know, of course he's disrespectful. He's Austin Theory. He has to be. He's just uh, confident. You know, they don't call uh, LA Knight disrespectful. Or anybody else with confidence. Regardless. What goes on after that? We got ourselves Pat McAfee. He has an announcement to make, and it was in his, uh, you know, he's talking about people's stuff, the people's show. This is the people's show. Without the people, we wouldn't have a show. And uh, Austin Theory's like, no, they came to see me, all right. Anyway, so talk about the people's show. So we got the people's champion coming out there, Dwayne Johnson. That's right. All the while, he's known as The Rock in these parts, and finally, he's back, finally. Finally, The Rock has come back to wrestling. Oh my goodness. So long, so long. And, you know, The Rock had never really officially retired. Even though it's been many years since he's been in that ring. It's been many years. I don't know. It seems like many years. But who knows? Maybe he's just there just to, uh, you know, fulfill his contract. He's got to make an appearance every now and then so he can keep his uh, wrestling credibility. He can keep his wrestling card. Who knows? Who knows? But he's back there and... Uh, Austin Terry really gave him a lashing. Lashing of his life with his verbal lashing. That's right. Um, he's getting into Rock's face and stuff. It's it's so good. Um, so anyways, uh, The Rock basically saying it gets to uh, Austin Terry's face and he says, I guess you don't know how things work around here. Really? The Rock? Really? Telling someone else how things work around here? Who's never been there in a long, long time? Jesus Murphy. Anyways, um, so The Rock is about to say something. I mean, uh, Austin cuts him off. He starts talking stuff, talking trash, talking. Rock, Rock tossed, <laughs> uh, cuts him off a little bit, and uh, so you what The Rock thinks? And Austin Theory right off the bat, it doesn't matter what The Rock thinks. It's so good, right on point. Oh, I like yes, yes. Uh, Austin Terry, he's a man. He's a man, baby. Anyways, it's basically the rock show today. He's back there making a point. And uh, Austin Theory's there to make rock look good. And of course, uh, the rock gets into Theory's face. Like, you got three seconds before I pound the living hell out of you. It's like, really? Wow. So Austin Theory gets upset and he starts beating up the rock first. Just making the attack first on the rock. On the rock. Now, The Rock does one move. One move. It's his, uh, they call it a spine buster. They call it a spine buster. But it's, it just, it looked like a spine buster, but it wasn't a spine buster. Basically, he, uh, it's a light tackle. He light tackles him. And it basically, it's, 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 uh, it just takes him off his feet. There's no slam. It just basically takes him off his feet. You know? And with that basic move, Austin Theory, he's knocked out for, that's it. These mice will just uh, count them out for the rest of the day. 
Because he lays there like a sack of potatoes, waiting for the moment that, uh, waiting for the, for the rock to have his moment. And what's that moment, you might ask? Hey, what is the rock's moment? It's, uh, it's his awesome song. No, not rock song. It's just to uh, come back and do some wrestling. And yeah, Austin Theory's lying down there for the longest time. And then finally, The Rock decides to throw on the uh, people's elbow. Whew. Huyaka Boyaka, 619, baby. That's all I can say about that. So he takes about... Austin Theory's like laying down there for a good couple of minutes there. After that one damn... Uh, uh, so Rock puts a, oh, the elbow, I still got it, people. I got the elbow still. Oh, drops the elbow. And then he gets Pat McAfee into involved with the whole situation. And Pat McAfee drops the uh, McAfee elbow. I mean, uh, Pat McAfee, he can put on a good match when he wants to. I mean, when he does uh, once a year, I mean, he really works up for that one match. He can really put on a show. He's, he's put on a good show before. NXT. He was in the NXT. He wrestled in the NXT. He had a couple of good matches in there. <laughs> Those were his good matches. His good matches. Anyways, Rock puts down Austin Theory. And uh, elbows him. And then Pac McAfee comes in with the people's elbow too. Or the McAfee elbow. Knock him down there. <laughs> and they cheer. They cheer. They had their moment. Yay. That's right. I'm just being a little bit of sarcasm there. Now next up, we got ourselves something huge. Another, a big, a big, actually it's our very first match of the night. It's, uh... Representing the Judgment Day, it's Finn Balor. Well, your mom told me the other day that you're never home for pie. So I promised her in early May I'll make a pie. I'll make an apple pie. That's right, Finn Balor versus uh, the, I guess, what's, I don't even know if it's, uh, the OC still exists anymore. Um, you know, the good brothers, were they good for nothing? The good brothers are good for nothing. Uh, Mi Chin, uh, she's hanging out with the good for nothings, rather than the person who actually matters, it's AJ Styles. Anyways, so it's AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Now, with the Judgment Day and Finn Balor, it is uh, Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio. There is no Rhea Ripley today. Monday Night Raw, she was taken out by uh, Nia Jax with a bunch of careless wrestling maneuvers. So it is, she's out, uh, regardless if it's, uh, she's legitimately out or kayfabe out, regardless she's not here, and it is the reason of uh, Nia Jax. Now this match here, the first match, was, uh, was, good, was a lot of fun. It should have been the match of the night. After all, it is Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Uh, you know, they said when they wrestled, they wrestled great. They, you know, they know how to wrestle. These guys are veterans of many years. They wrestle all around the world, so they they can put on a fantastic match. And this was about nine, like I say, about nine minutes, nine minutes in length. Doi, oi, oi, oisy, boisy. And. Uh, it was a, like any classic match, a lot of back and forth, high quality wrestling, high quality wrestling. Now, what made it 
hilarious because, uh, like I say, with the Finn Balor, he's got Dominic and Damien Priest. Dirty Dom. But with AJ Styles, it's nobody. No Good Brothers. No Meechin. <laughs> to watch his back. So, of course, it is the cheating time. Dominic gets a ref's attention. And Damien Priest with the, uh, you know, this choke slam on top of the, or do you like some sort of Uranagi choke slam on top of the, uh, the hardest part of the apron. That's right. It's the, uh, the you know, hardest part of the ring apron. That's right. I kind of didn't put the punchline first. Anyways, so yeah, that's one cheat there. Oh, whew. So yeah, then the Good Brothers, where are they? Nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Well, AJ Styles made fun of us. Uh, you know, we don't really want to be part of anything. We don't want part of the Judgment Day. We don't want any part of the Bloodline. We don't want anything. Uh, I don't know why we're wrestling. Oh, we're just good brothers. Right, Carl? Right, Luke? That's exactly how they sound. Anyway, so uh, another time when they start cheating, it's like uh, AJ, now AJ Styles is pretty much ruling the match. So without without Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio, this would have been a walk in a park for AJ Styles, theoretically, according to this match, what's going on. AJ Styles gets, uh, you know, Finn Balor up in the shoulders again. Dominic Mysterio gets a ref's attention. While that gives Finn Balor some time to arrake the gouge and poke at the eye. The poke at the eye. So he gets out of these holes, the, uh, whatever AJ Styles was planning to do. You know, probably the, uh, the Oshi Garoshi. <laughs> Oh, Moro. Oh, you're great. So, yeah, after that, uh, we got ourselves uh, one weird spot here. They fight on top corner. And I'm thinking it's supposed to be the big spot where it's a Hurricanrana. AJ Styles does a Hurricanrana onto a Finn Balor. But unfortunately, I think someone did not give Finn Balor the memo. So AJ Styles, I guess with no pressure, he, I mean, he jumps up to his uh, shoulders and tries to scissor his face. But he didn't close his scissors enough on his face. And when he flipped over, AJ Styles just fell on his face. Um, Finn Balor just sat there in the, in the uh, third you know, rope. Really hooked onto nothing. Oh, look, he hooked onto himself to the turnbuckle. No, he didn't. He just didn't bump. He just... I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there. But AJ Styles, uh, I guess uh, he recovered pretty quick because that wasn't supposed to happen like that. Maybe Finn thinks, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I can only assume what was supposed to happen, or what did happen, what didn't happen, I don't know. So yeah, after that, I guess uh, AJ Styles gets a little revenge. He picks him up for some sort of, uh, um, looks like a sidewalk slam. You know, the rock bottom, but he drops rock bottoms him on his knee, high, um, ne uh, his neck, high shoulders on his, uh, fin drops fin on his knee, high shoulders. It was a pretty nasty bump. It was a pretty nasty bump. Finn Balor rolls outside the ring. AJ Styles collects him, throws him back in the ring there, and this is where it gets all fun. This is where it gets all fun. Dominic Mysterio. He gets he, he gets a little bit too close to uh, AJ Styles. AJ with a massive clothesline drops him right then and there. Whappo! AJ Styles goes in for a, his finishing move, the, I guess, the phenomenal forearm. And that's where Damien Priest, he gets involved and he uh, pulls the leg of, uh, you know, AJ Styles. Now, the referee had many choices. One, stop the match. It's over. This, you guys cheated way too many times now. It's time for a disqualification. But no. Instead, he just ejects Damien and Dominic Priest from the match. 
That's right. Now, while that happens, um, we got ourselves a little bit of a situation, like a little after that. Uh, AJ Styles, he's got about to go for the, uh, I don't know. He scores for a Styles Clash. Go to a big old Styles Clash. And then, lo and behold, the referee, he looks away. He looks at uh, whatever is uh, Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio is doing. Probably Dirty Dom's probably doing something dirty out there. Oh, he's Dirty Dom for a reason. So the referee turns his back while uh, the AJ Styles is going to be doing the Styles Clash. Because, of course, it's Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! Jimmy Uso. Jimmy! He runs in the ring there. AJ Styles. Now, AJ Styles could have just uh, done his Styles Clash. Dunzo finished the match off, but no, no. He couldn't have anybody coming out of the crowd. Especially no Jimmy Uso. Jimmy! So Jimmy jumps onto the ring apron. And AJ Styles uh, discards a Finn Balor. And then uh, attacks uh, Jimmy for no apparent reason. Just for standing there on top of the ring apron. You know, waving his arms, getting uh, AJ's attention. Other than that, I mean, what did he do? So with that, he clobbers some J Jimmy Uso. And from behind, not just a regular, uh, you know, backwoods, the schoolboy, you know, nope, nope, nope. This was a higher class of roll-up. That's right. This was the crucifix roll-up. Mm-hmm. Crucifix pin. That's right. Gets himself, yeah, rolls him off the crucifix. So yeah, at least it wasn't a, but regardless. Taking a loss in the most humiliating, humiliating type of loss, the roll-up, even though it was a crucifix roll-up, it is AJ Styles taking it in the rear. It's true. I always say that. You take a, a roll-up loss, it's the most embarrassing way to lose. You take it in the rear. It's just the equivalent of that. It's the equivalent of that, I promise you. So after that, we go backstage. It's the rock you know, and then he eventually he starts gets face to face with John Cena. John Cena and The Rock. Me, me, me. Yeah, so big moment. The big moment. Mm -hmm. And it's a, hey, welcome back to wrestling. You got to do your uh, mandatory uh, spot to keep your wrestling card too, The Rock. I sure do, Dwayne. I sure do, John Cena, says Dwayne. Yeah, so two guys who just just not willing to retire, not willing to hang up their boots just yet. You know, it doesn't matter. Perhaps this is going to be something in the future. Rock versus John Cena in a match. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would love to see. People love this stuff. Eat this stuff. I just because I don't like uh, the Rock and John Cena. You know. A lot of people still do. They have this nostalgia fever. The nostalgia fever, baby. So yeah, now we get to a situation. It's uh, backstage, uh, you know, kudos, some kudos back here. It's actually uh, a Finn Balor and Jimmy Uso. Finn Balor with a uh, uh, thanks. Thanks, my dog, my dog. Because I guess he's the new, uh, you know, Finn Balor's trying to be uh, Sami Zayn when Sami Zayn tried to be in a bloodline. My dog, my dog. Thanks for the help, my dog. Thanks for the help, my dog. You gotta forget his accent. This me Finn Balor accent. Oh, my dog. And anyways, uh, so he's thanking Jimmy for what he did. And Jimmy's like, hey, this is just payback, dog. For what you helped me last time. And then, of course, it's like uh, the whole thing. It's like, you know, uh, 
Jay. We're trying to get Jay to join the Judgment Day. So what do you say if you join the day as well today? He didn't really see much of that, but yeah, he's basically trying to get the, the Judgment Day as the doors opened to the Usos. So yeah, I guess uh, Finn Balor is trying to create uh, the Bloodline 2.0. But in this Bloodline, there is no Tribal Chief. But you know, any large organization, you need some sort of leadership, some guidance. Somebody's got to direct away. Even if there's no leadership, there's somebody going to start directing the way. You know what we should do as a group? Who the hell are you to say what we should do as a group? There is no leader. Anyway, so yeah. So will the Usos join the Judgment Day? Now, each Usos are in different uh, brands. Jay Uso is in the uh, Raw and Jimmy D. Jimmy! Smackdown, obviously. Okay, so now after that, we got ourselves to go to uh, uh, Paul Heyman. He was sitting there. He's creeping back there, listening in on everything. He's like, hey, uh, what was that? I thought you were the bloodline there. What was that? He didn't really say anything, but he's pointing out there. like, uh, Saying that my something, what, what happened, you know, Im implying something was happening. Anyway, so now we go on to our next match. Whew. It was tough. It was a tough one. Now, we start off with the, the Luftwaffe. Now, I'm the only one that calls them Luftwaffe because I'm an asshole. But they're called the uh, Latino World Order. Rey Mysterio, the leader, and your, uh, you know, uh, um, United States champion. With uh, Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wilde, and the gamer girl, Zelina Vega. No, Ray, his, uh, now Ray talks about his hard times and raw. Oh, the hard times when they made this matter. A hard, difficult time. That's right. Because him and his breakup with his son, his and his family matter. He can't deal with the family stuff. He can't deal with it. He was a tag team with his son. Things went a little bit sour and he was out of there. Faster than a fart in a wind. Faster than an oyster through a seal's colon. He was out of the uh, raw. Going to SmackDown. Starting a new family. Because after all, his real family just doesn't cut it. And so he goes down to... And he talks about uh, one thing crazy. One thing crazy. And uh, when he goes to SmackDown, he's reminded... The, 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 the Latino world order reminds him of what a real family, of a family, you know, should be. You know, what a family represents. Really? Of course, Rey Mysterio would say that. His wrestling family means a lot more to him than his actual family. Mm -hmm. Means more to him than ever. So anyways, that's me talking bullshit about Rey Mysterio. And then Santos Escobar, he like starts sucking ass again. Like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, Rey, I'm, uh, I'm happy you, uh, you took my spot uh, against, you know, uh, Austin Theory and beat him and became the champion instead of me. You know, that was my my dream, become a champion. Did you take my dream? It's, it's wonderful. He didn't really say all of that, but the gist is he's happy that Rey Mysterio took his spot and uh, beat uh, and got the championship is, you know. So this is it. It comes down to this. Well, I respect you a whole lot there, Rey Mysterio, but I would like to uh, to give you an offer. I would like to challenge you for that, uh, you know, United States Championship. With all due respect, of course, you know, I always wanted to fight my idols and whatnot. And he starts rambling on about stuff. Rey Mysterio is like, oh, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Dominic? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, don't make me turn my back on you, too. Well, you didn't really say that. Just go, you're not Dominic. <laughs> well, I'd be happy to. So, yeah. <laughs> Santos, yes, yes, Santos. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, anyways, not really quite like that. But, anyways, uh, Rey Mysterio was always well, all too happy to give uh, Santos Escobar an opportunity at his title. And so, with that said, we got ourselves a little bit of a situation. We got ourselves a, a Bobby Lashley. A Bobby! A Bobby! Bobby Lashley comes down there with, uh, you know, uh, his very own private party, who are the street prophets of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. And this becomes, a, I guess, a Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wilde. They get all incensed. Ha! Rumble, rumble, rumble! They start saying some stuff, nonsense. And they say, How would you fight? Fight us! So yeah, it ends up becoming uh, Angelo Dawkins. Angelo, Angelo BBD, he's called now. Angelo Basketball Dawkins. He loves those basketball shorts, Dawkins. Damn it. Just loves them. Because you know what? You never know when an a, uh, improvitized, improvitude, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, where the basketball game might just break out in any moment. So, you know, Angelo Dawkins got to be ready for any time a basketball game breaks out. He's got his basketball shorts on, baby. Go for it. Anyways, yeah, that's my bitching about Angelo Dawkins and his dumb basketball shorts. And, of course, it's his partner, uh, Montez Ford, one of the all-time great high flyers out there. And how did this match go? Well, it starts with the commercial break. Like, well, of course, of course, because... Uh, now... What guts me about this whole family thing? You know, Rey Mysterio talking about family with uh, the Latino world order. Now, they've been together for a good part of this entire year. Like, uh, perhaps in this entire year, like maybe about like seven, six, seven months, they've been a, a, a faction. And how many times have, been, have they been together as a team? You know, all, uh, all five of them as a team. How many times have they been together? Legitimately? Very few times. And he calls this... A family. A family. Mm -hmm. They're seen uh, about as many times as Roman Reigns is. And Roman Reigns is not here today, too. <laughs> Roman Reigns. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Anyways, maybe you should start with the Roman Reigns stuff. But it doesn't matter. Roman's just ain't never, never here. So, what about this match? This match was just terrible because uh, the Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wilde, they are, in my mind, they're being treated like, uh, you know, the... Uh, Lucha House Party, Grand Matalik, you know, and uh, um, Dorado, El Dorado, just like talented, you know, guys who just you shouldn't respect at all. No respect. No respect. Well, they should never have left NXT. Never should have left NXT with a bigger name. But they were, they were, they were somebody down there. They were somebody. So this match was, as far as I know, I'm assuming it was about under three minutes. Because what we saw was just embarrassing. Was embarrassing. Now, the last part of the match was uh, it's Joaquin Wilde in the ring there. You know, and he's about to give, uh, you know, what's that? Angel Dawkins, Angel Basketball, Angel BBD, the big, his, his whatever his elbow is, his version of an elbow, his spinning elbow, you know, standing spinning elbow, a corkscrew elbow, I suppose you can call it. So with that, he throws the elbow and it's broken up. 
by Montez Ford. No, you don't. Not that corkscrew elbow from standing position. As if that would have ended it. But regardless, broken up. Joaquin, um, what's a Cruz del Toro comes in there and he tries to knock out, you know, Montez Ford gives him a little, uh, you know, insecurity to the head. But it's this after that, Cruz del Toro, he does the next level of what uh, Otis does. Otis usually just dives himself into the uh, ring post, but this is even better. He runs at, uh, I'll get this, yeah. Um, he runs at uh, Angel Dawkins, Angel BBD, and he basically gets thrown over the top rope. It's hilarious. So with a version of the, um, what's that? The uh, death, uh, Dudley death drop, it is the uh, private party. The party's over with their uh, Angelo Dawkins with the uh, Spine Buster, the sit-down Spine Buster, while uh, Montez Ford with the uh, Neck Breaker, with the Connect uh, Breaker. And it was over for the old, uh, you know, Luftwaffe, Zelina Vega and, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio, they did nothing. Zelina ready to hit the old, you know, computer and play her video games because she's got her little computer things on. I mean, uh, I think she's just trying to... It's her rendition of what, uh, I guess, the Overwatch game, the the Diva, D-V-A, the Diva. I guess she's supposed to be the... Uh, uh, who cares? Anyways, after that, it is, I guess, Bobby Lashley comes in the ring there, and he's like, Yeah, you guys ain't done yet. You guys got to finish your job. So then he gets Montez and Angelo BBD to beat up some, uh, you know... LWO, Cruz del Toro, walking wild. And then that's when, uh, I guess, finally, Rey Mysterio and uh, Santos Espar come in there like, hey, that's enough. Hey, what are you trying to do? You guys are being villains right now. And that's when Bobby Lashley comes in there and then you guys he started picking a fight with Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio, he wants uh, he wants some of a, oh, I'll get you, you son of a Bobby. It goes to attack Bobby Lashley, but he's held back by uh, Montez Ford and then uh, Angelo BBD, Angelo Basketball, Schwartz Dawkins, punches Rey Mysterio in the face. So yeah, this is gonna be something. Um, and uh, Bobby Lashley's private party versus uh, the Luftwaffe. That's right, Angelo Dawkins. Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins versus uh, the Latino World Order. Mm-hmm. Let's see how that goes. Which three? However, reserve four. Ah, it doesn't matter. Perhaps it's uh, the entire uh, Bobby Lashley, Angelo, and Montez versus Ray, Santos, Cruz, and Joaquin. Next up, we got ourselves a big match. The match was supposed to be done at uh, Payback, I believe. It is uh, the big match. Uh, it's Miz versus LA Knight. Now this time, they don't have someone of a uh, John Cena stealing the spotlight, stealing the damn spotlight. Again. Not really again. Well, again, because if you usually hear, he'd be stealing the spotlight. So yeah, how about this match? It's going to be a clean match, one-on-one. How is this going to go? Now this one here was about eight and a half minutes. You know, Corey Graves, he's a big fan component of uh, the, the Miz game. Not really a part of the uh, LA Knight now, I'd say these guys are very similar, cut out of the same cloth, I would say, I would imagine. 
One just took a lot longer to get there, but they got the same basic moveset, you know. Uh, they got some good mic skills. Uh, Miz is a little bit better, perhaps, because he's got the, a little bit more practice in a big, big stage. But this match here was uh, was a lot of was was match of the night. Would you believe this match here? If you can believe it or not, was match of the night because it was a lot of back and forth. It was really, really competitive. If you can believe it, thank you. If you can't believe it, shame on you. So, anyways, help with this match. Let's go on. Um, now we got one moment here where it we have you know sometimes things go weird. Now Miz grabs uh, LA Knight um, for like some sort of a, a backdrop driver. He picks him up, oh, and he, like you know, oh, and he picks him up, and he's, the move is supposed to be this. It's supposed to be an athletic move to make uh, LA Knight look good. He flicks him over. LA Knight does a spin in the air and lands on his feet. You know, it does a 360 and lands it back on his feet. But I'm not sure what happened. Maybe uh, LA Knight's just not uh, flexible enough. Even though he didn't really have to be flexible. To, he didn't have to bend backwards at all to do the move. But apparently, he got discombobulated. He landed on his face. But the match carries on. That was the only part I laughed out loud. I laughed hilariously out loud. Because it was hilarious. You know, LA Knight with his... Maybe, you know what, it's, it's true. LA Knight has these uh, maybe four or five inch lifts in his boots. It's hard to find your feet when you got such high lifts in your boots and you're walking around with these lifts, you know? But then again, I would say 90% uh, of, 80 to 90% of all the wrestlers in the WWE wear some sort of body modification gear. Whether it's uh, just a basic, you know, couple of inches in height from the lifts, you know, to uh, Rey Mysterio with to make his legs even look thicker. With the paddings, you know, Damon Damon Priest is known to do that too. Anyways, Dan sequence is this: uh, Miz, he's down there and he's getting dragged around by LA Knight, and Miz grabs, I guess, one of the only aprons left. Now the, the WWE ring has these uh, these boards, these screens now around a ring, and there is now there is a couple of uh, aprons left. But yeah, he grabs the apron, flips up the apron, you know. Or perhaps it's all aprons these days, who knows? I'm not really paying too much attention about the aprons. But I did bring it up, and I'm just leaving that in. Even though I do sound a little bit, who cares? So anyways, Miz gets dragged in the ring. He pulls a apron. You think, oh, what's going to happen here? What, a referee? He gets, uh, he turns his back on all the action there, and he decides to uh, fix the apron nice and clean, like, to make it nice and tidy-like. Well, that happens. The Miz, he with the poke of the eye. Poke of the eye! Of the LA, of the LA Knight. You know, and Miz tries to finish LA Knight. Well, not really with the skull crushing finale, but with the uh, with a DDT. Tries to hit LA Knight with a DDT, but that doesn't go well because they fight around the ropes. LA Knight grabs the ropes and uh, Miz goes down on his back. And apparently, it hurts way more when you don't hit the DDT than when you do hit the DDT. Anyways, after that, they scuffle. They scuffle a little bit. LA Knight gets uh, the Miz and like the uh, the original, the death uh, the Dudley death drop. So uh, the Miz gets Dudley death dropped on top the top rope, whipping him backwards. LA Knight spins him around, gives him an old spinneroonie, spins him to face him, and then with the old blunt force trauma, BFT, it's over for the Miz. A clean victory for the Knight. L.A. Knight. That's right. A night with a clean old victory over uh, Lumis. 
Blue me is I can do, I can have my, I came to play. I think that's how it goes. Yes, in play he did, because he didn't win. And LA Knight after that gave a little bit of a, you know, a warning, you know, to his future, because he's going after the gold, baby, gold. That's right. And he even, he mentioned, we going after Rey Mysterio or Seth Rollins, but even mentioned Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, who's not there yet again. Roman Reigns. I'm not even sure why he's a champion. Four times this year, four times this year, he defended his title. Mm -hmm. It is very depressing. It is very depressing. You know, um... Yeah, um, and uh, what's that, 2022? Seven times. It's pretty pathetic. Anyways, regardless, Roman Reigns is not there. He's uh, he's doing something very important. And uh, I hear he's got his cat. He's taking his cat to the old veterinarians again. You know, I heard he's got uh, a little thorny in his pow. In his pow! Anyways, it doesn't matter. So he's going, LA Knight, he's looking for some gold now. Looking for the ultimate push. And speaking of such, we got ourselves a little backstage here. Because he's mentioned Roman Reigns' name. Oh... We got ourselves uh, Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman, the wise man himself. Now, Solo Sokoa, he's got some, uh, apparently Solo's got some uh, uh, L.A. business to take care of now. Even though no orders have come down to do any business at all. And uh, Paul Heyman's trying to get, uh, you know, a handle on the situation. Because after all, where's Roman Reigns? Not there. Not there at all. He's just a guy on the phone now. He's like the Vince McMahon when he was general manager, the the uh, computer, computer Vince. So sad, so sad. Roman Reigns, you know. Anyway, so uh, Solskjaer, he's looking to get things done, looking to get things done. And tonight, you know. So yeah, that's gonna happen. Uh, so he's looking to finish things up tonight. So moving on. We go backstage and it's with Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Pretty deadly. They've been out for a long time because apparently, uh, you know, Elton Prince, he's got a shoulder injury and he's been going around in a wheelchair everywhere. But apparently Adam Pierce, he sees the uh, the progress that's happening. He's healing pretty good. Um, Elton Prince, however, he still has PTSD over getting hurt with from Rich Holland's carelessness in the ringer. I don't know. He got injured by Rich Holland. That's what they're saying. Um, so yeah, but yeah, boy, apparently I thought, I thought they're going to have like Kit Wilson's going to come back and have some little revenge, solo revenge, but no, nothing like that. So yeah, what's going to happen? Who knows? Who knows? But all I know is pretty deadly or rearing to come back soon, next week. I don't know. Week after, who knows? Will he be back at the Royal Rumble? Probably. Next up. We got ourselves a little bit uh, pre-match, pre-main event match jitters, I suppose. I don't know. It's the uh, damage control. It's uh, Dakota Kai and uh, Bailey. No, um, you know, Eo Sky. She's got she's got preparation to do, preparation H to do, hard work. So it is uh, now. Dakota uh, Eos Sky, she accepted a match against, uh, you know, uh, Asuka next week. 
But this week, apparently, it's uh, Bailey. He's, she's got to fight Oscar this week for some reason. You know, Bailey. Oh, she's my opinion. Bailey. I call her Sexy Bailey because she is the she is the sexiest woman in all of SmackDown. All of SmackDown, she is the sexiest, including. Now, I love it because Bailey, she has this fun little ponytail she has all the time, you know. Once upon a time, it was a side ponytail. Now, it's the Chris Jericho ponytail. But it doesn't matter. She's super sexy. With the Chris ponytail. With the Chris Jericho do. With the Chris Jericho do. Now, this matches right now. Asuka, she's coming down with a brand new mask. And this mask is adorned with all the leftover, uh, I guess, uh, extensions from Becky Lynch's wig. That's right. These are like made from Becky Lynch extensions, which she wears in a ring these days. Mm -hmm. That's right. I said that because I would say 90 to 99% of all the women in the WWE wear hair extensions and weaves and whatnot. Nothing wrong with it. They just, most of them, a lot of them, just look like uh, very beautiful uh, troll dolls because they look like giant, like beautiful puppets with all that crazy hair. But not Asuka. Only, only fake hair Oscar wears is on her mask that she takes off. It's true. So what about this match? Match of the night? No, not match of the night. It was a fun match. It was about almost 10 minutes. I couldn't believe it. Women's division match. 10 minutes. Big fan of Bailey, and thank goodness you can see Bailey for even longer. Now, Bailey, she's sporting a, a t-shirt again. A well-fitted t-shirt, but you know what? Come on now. Bailey, you're the most sexiest woman in SmackDown. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see those tits of yours. <laughs> I mean, that's not, not like that. I'm just joking about that. Apparently, you know, just your regular, what does your ring gear look like? You know, your awesome ring gear. Don't hide it with a damn uh, fitted shirt, you know? Regardless, me going on about, uh, you know, Bailey. Just carry on with the match now, this match here. The match. Now, ba Bailey does this a sunset flip. At least it was supposed to be a sunset flip. She jumps over. Um, Oscar and she goes too far. She misses the legs, and it looked hilarious. Bailey, mm -hmm. good stuff. Uh, with his performance, you know, I'm not sure what's going on, but Bailey did not look good. She straight up did not look good in this match. I mean, she looks good, but her performance-wise, uh, wasn't good. And I can see why she's not champion. You know, even though I want her to be champion, but with performances like this, I can see why she's not champion. You know that damn sunset flip then she crawls up try to get that flip it doesn't work it doesn't work they fight outside for a bit you know Bailey clears the table off for some sort of big finishing move for some big finishing move she goes to collect Oscar but however we got some uh, I guess some uh, I guess some history you know some baggage of uh, Bailey popping up from the audience and that baggage is uh, Shotzi bam Shotzi hey 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 Shotzi's still a small Shotzi, you know, even though she has great ring gear. She's just a, she's really Bailey's much larger than Shotzi. She shouldn't shouldn't fear Shotzi, but this is it. Bailey, she runs away like a like a coward in the night. Now here's also another thing: while they're wrestling in when they're wrestling outside the ring, they have their spot outside the ring at the end of the match here. They're out there for close to a minute. Well, they're about there for 42 seconds outside the ring. Wow, slow count. Don't even bother. Now, Shotzi does chase Bailey back into the ring. Mm -hmm. And then it's uh, when she gets back in the ring, uh, she goes face to face with uh, Asuka. And does she get sprayed in the face with any mist? No. 
Nope. Nope. Does she get kicked in the face by Oscar? Nope. Does she does? does she just uh, spins around and gives her the lamest of all the roll-ups. It's the backslide. The backslide. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've... You don't really see many people lose from the backslide. But this time, yes, Bailey takes a backslide. And the only thing good possibly comes out there, you can see Bailey's backside. But yeah, Bailey loses. Um, that's, of course, she was supposed to lose. I mean, uh, Asuka's supposed to look strong going on to her match with uh, Sky. But yeah, this match is over. At least we got to see almost 10 minutes of Bailey. But, you know, I mean, really, the wrestling match was uh, not many high spots. Not many. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't quite care for this match at all. Didn't care for this match at all. Anyways, thank goodness uh, this didn't end the show. They ended the show with the Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller. But before we get there, the uh, we got ourselves a little bit of an understanding in the ring there with uh, Shotzi and Asuka. Perhaps they have a thing now. I don't know. Another tag team for another week or two. Who knows? Anyways, finally the main event. It is Grayson Waller effect. And Grayson Waller, oh my goodness. He's, Grayson Waller is a master of the microphone. He is a genius. I think Grayson Waller is uh, hyper intelligent. I think he's a, he's just he's got the he's got the chops. He's got chops for wrestling. You know. Now he starts talking about his uh, his uh, guest of tonight, and he starts listing his accomplishments. And we know it's John Cena. He's coming out. So his list of accomplishments, what he's done in his life, and uh, right now he says uh, his star is fading quicker than his hairline. And it's true, John Cena. He's going bald, real path. Not in front though, just in the back. He's got this huge donut in the back there. I don't know. I mean, John Cena. He's got the money to get a, a, a you know a transplant. I mean, he can easily get a transplant done. Or maybe did he try it and it failed? You know, I would imagine John Cena being vain enough. After all, male pattern baldness is very traumatizing. Male pattern baldness is very traumatizing, super traumatizing. I wouldn't know about it. Whoosh, whoosh. When I say whoosh, I'm, for my listeners, I'm putting my hands through my all thick head of hair. Anyway, so yeah, they're talking about that, and uh, John Cena is there to get the ultimate uh, Grayson Waller a rub. You know. So yeah, to get the, I guess, to, you know, John Cena's rise to the top, rise to the top starts on the show tonight. So right now, uh, John Cena comes out there, you know, and uh, he gets really insulted. It's hilarious. He's coming out. John Cena, his uniform, his, his, uh, like you can say, you know, for his costume, John Cena's wrestling costume, he comes out with, you know, his crisp shirt, crisp pants, crisp shoes, crisp shirt. Oh, he, I bet John Cena just comes with shoes to the to the shows and just goes down to the merch area and just uh, purchases all his clothes there. I'm done. <laughs> that's my uniform. That's my uh, costume. So he goes down the ring there, and uh, you know, he gets told by. Uh, you know, uh, Grayson Waller. You know, adults usually take off their hats when they're talking. You know, when people talk, take their hats when they talk to adults. Anyway, so that got that. But John Cena, he was cut off every single time. And there's one great thing about this whole John Cena experience. John Cena didn't say anything. 
didn't say anything. And while he didn't say anything, we got ourselves a Jimmy Uso. Jimmy! He comes into the ring there. A little shock. Surprise to John Cena. What's going on? John's like, oh, you son of a gun. Because uh, John Cena really wanted to take on, uh, you know, Grayson Waller. Wanted to fight Grayson Waller. He took off his hat and threw it in the crowd there. The camera went blind for a second with his bald spot. Oh, holy smokes. And he took off his shirt, whipped in the crowd. Again, the, the, the camera and the, the, the shine. No. Oh. Anyways, when he does that, Jimmy Uso said to come down to the ring there. Jimmy Uso, he's still upset. He's still upset and he's saying that nobody wants you, John Cena. Nobody wants you here, John Cena. Yeah, and of course the crowd loves you here. But nobody wants you other than the thousands in attendance. So yeah, and then next note we got ourselves a little bit of a, you know, a confrontation here. Because, uh, oh my God, it was so good. So much disrespect because uh, Jimmy Uso, when he goes in the ring there, John Cena has the microphone, and Jimmy Uso tears the microphone out of his hands. I'm like, oh, owza, ouchie. John Cena with zero respect. They can't see him here. <laughs> you can't see me. You're right. Anyways, and then we got ourselves a little bit of that wise man and Sol Zakoa. Sol goes face to face with John Cena. And Jimmy's like, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. And Sol's like, no. And he turns around and he's about to give the, the business end of the soul spike goa to Jimmy Uso. Jimmy's like, Jimmy, Jimmy. But no, Jimmy's wrong. Soul Sagoa with a massive kick to the face, a thrust kick to John Cena's face. Like, John, it was hilarious. Um, because clearly John Cena happened. He's like, oh, he blocks it, complete block, complete blockage. You know? It's like eating a block of cheese. Just complete blockage after that. Sorry, no go! So, but John C. drops to the ground there. And then it becomes a two-on-one. Sol Sokoa and uh, Jimmy! Go Jimmy on John Cena's butt for a little bit. Until, of course, AJ Styles runs to the ring. AJ Styles. For everybody in. That's it, AJ Styles. You know what? Uh, forget about the Good Brothers. Forget about Mi Chin. I think they're on their way back to Impact Wrestling. Pack your bags, boys! And girl, and join Impact Wrestling because you ain't he ain't doing nothing here anymore. Unless of course they go to NXT or maybe even uh, level up, but I doubt it. They've been in business way too long to take a step backwards, such like that. So AJ Styles comes and helps his friend John Cena. John Cena gets the old uh, "Ha, you can't see me, my time is punch." The old uh, you know five knuckle shuffle on uh, Jimmy. That's right. And uh, before Jimmy Uso can get into the old, uh, you know, uh, the F5, not the F5, but, you know, the uh, John Cena's big move, you know, you know, his, his, his big old, uh, um, the, the FU, that's what it is. So the old, the old Death Valley driver, but it's solo with instructions, explicit instructions by Paul Heyman. Save him! Jimmy's like, Jimmy, Jimmy. So yeah, so now we got ourselves an alliance, John Cena and AJ Styles. Thank you very much for helping me, AJ Styles. I'm John Cena. 
just call me Long Jorts. Jorts. Long Jorts. Okay, I don't know why I had to clear that out for it. Anyways, with that said, um, that ends it for this episode. Uh, well, that wraps up for this episode of SmackDown and concludes this entire episode of The Wrestling Show. Um, now, if you've stuck around for the very end of the show, know that it holds a very special place in my heart just for you. So, uh, join us once again next week for an all-new episode of All Wrestling Show. I've been your host, Lip Hastenwood, saying I'll see you later. The wrestling show, oh, oh, baby.